0: Oh my God. Is that so? Still- I didn't mean to do this.
1: Okay, what's going on? This, this is our daughter on fire. She can never see this. Okay, well then destroy it. I can't. Why? Because it isn't finished yet.
0: No, it is, if you want it to be. No,
1: no, it's not that simple, Astrid. It's like these children are inside of me, begging, screaming to be let out.
0: And I don't know why. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast.
2: Episode 129. Welcome to the buzzkill Kill podcast. For today
0: is The Art of the Kill. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like the kill like the old uh 30 Seconds to Mars song.
0: Yes. It's a great song. And it's art and it's art. <laughs> I like that video. <laughs> is that the one that was based off of The Shining?
2: Uh or it, it Shining. essentially
0: was just The Shining.
2: Maybe. I haven't seen I haven't seen any 30 Seconds to Mars video in a long time.
0: I always like their Before videos that, because though, they were I'm like Mike. Oh, I'm Jim <laughs> and I'm Justin. Hey, Justin. And, hey. How you doing, pal? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Good. We're moving. Yeah, we're like, moving on. This got real weird. We're moving past. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. I, I like their old videos because they were like little mini movies. Well, their one uh, from yesterday
2: was my favorite. Oh the yeah, samurai oh, thing dude, or whatever. Dude, that one was oh, so
0: cool. Dude, I actually watched it like a month ago.
2: Oh,
1: well, well, that I, I
0: awesome. was I went on a kick. We went to see Thirty Seconds to Mars last summer. This previous mm-hmm.
1: summer, did we go? Yeah, we did. You went too. I was sitting on the opposite side of the amphitheater from you. I saw which you, which is like you were probably like a like a thousand seats away from me, right? Mm-hmm. And I zoomed in on my phone. And I got a picture of your area, not of your area, but of the area. <laughs> of the area. My phone isn't that good. All right, of the area that you were sitting in. And then I took that picture, and I zoomed in on the picture and cropped that. And then I zoomed in on the picture, and I saw like right up your nose with
0: it. And I sent it to you. Is that? And where... you're like, that's my nose. Did you do that to actually find me initially?
1: No, I knew where you're at. Oh, I was okay. just trying to be creepy.
0: Yeah, you were because then you <laughs> sent it to me. and
1: You're like, who's this fucking
0: guy? <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, What's fucking, going on, fellas? Fucking weird. you weird. Not Shut a whole up. lot. Not a lot. Yeah.
2: This a very. This is a very, um, a very interesting week for me. Yeah. A lot of my, a lot of my beliefs were challenged.
0: So you said not a whole lot, and then you just started in on your beliefs were challenged this they week. Were. That sounds like some stuff happened.
2: Um, a four-hour period of my life happened Okay. when I watched the Joe Rogan podcast with Alex Jones.
0: Oh, jeez. I watched
2: <laughs> the entire thing while working on my board game.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I still have like an hour left. A board game? What? Uh, have you told
2: us about this before? Yeah. No, I'm making, making my own... Uh, Slasher horror monopoly game. Because Don't one, say it. Somebody's because, gonna steal it because one doesn't exist. Well, they can't make it the way I'm making it because
0: because they're not as talented as you. Well, I was
2: going say because they can't get copyrights. Neither can I. So <laughs> if they're gonna if, if anybody wants to spend the time that I'm making, that I'm putting into making the board, good. Because if anyone is
0: a, uh, a a a licensing lawyer who wants to work pro bono, and then also <laughs> an artist who wants to work pro bono, hit us up. <laughs> I got
2: a, I got a real original idea for a property sharing game for you. <laughs>
0: Anyway, um, go ahead. No, I've been
2: working on this game or whatever, and uh, I put on, this, I, I wanted to listen to this Joe Rogan podcast where Alex Jones is back on. Alex Jones is the dude from InfoWars. If you've ever heard him, you probably
1: think he's the biggest crackpot in the face of the earth. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which
0: <definitely>. he is. <laughs> Jay's just combing his mustache. <laughs> I,
1: I, a mustache comb <laughs> fell out of my backpack, and I'm like, where does this come from? So I'm combing
0: my mustache. <laughs> is that acrylic? Uh, yeah. Oh, come on. You got to go wood for the mustache. Oh, it's wood. Is it Wood. <laughs> It's plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, go ahead. no,
2: no. Like if you've ever listened to Alex Jones talk, he just—he's a stark raving lunatic. He yeah. really is. The crazy thing about this, and I was texting you while we were watching it, mm-hmm. or while
0: I was—it uh, was in a group text, he, and none of our none of our other friends joined in because they all think that we're crackpots too. Well,
2: like you listen to him talk though, and there are certain things that he that he says that are absolutely ridiculous and insane. Mm-hmm. But then he brings up things that prove his point. Like they actually bring up real studies, real classified documents, real this. And like he's a stark raving lunatic. Yeah. But I think that the reason that people think that he's as crazy as he is mm-hmm. is because he can't control himself. Right. He rants and he gets so incredibly worked up, worked up and upset about things that like you can't take him seriously. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, he talks about these things with such ridiculous passion. <laughs> That I can't help but wonder if maybe he's not as crazy as people think he is.
0: And everybody's just trying to convince you that he's crazy because he's he's actually on to the truth.
2: I th- no seriously, that's part of that's part of his thing. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> um, like it, it's it's a fascinating like, listen, y- like like
0: you can't like technically we can't be saying this because he's you know like he's one of the people that's automatically dubbed because he's right wing. He's like a you know Nazi fascist bigot whatever the hell. Well, he's not. Uh huh. He's not. He's not what Nazi, fascist, bigot. No, I know, but oh. that's that's what you're dubbed when you're oh, part, oh, well, part sure, of the right, sure. you know. Um, and and he said some pretty controversial stuff in the in the in the past, as yeah. far as like Sandy Hook well, goes whole, and stuff like that. the first part
2: of the podcast was him basically explaining how he said that like once, and then people jumped on it. Yeah. And now he's known as the Sandy Hook guy, even though right. now now he admits that he was wrong. He did more research, and he he admits that he jumped on the gun way too quick. Yeah, and he was wrong. He believes Sandy Hook happened. He believes. I still, I still personally think there's a lot of really weird stuff, not just with Sandy Hook, but there's a lot of there's a lot of weird things that seem to surround those types of events when they happen. Yeah. And I'm not saying that anything's crazy, that anything's wrong, but there's weird things. Yeah, it's just weird stuff. You know, that, it, and
0: it's like. It... People can, uh, people, people jump on those things really quick and start putting together content that, yeah, yeah, like kind of makes it look suspicious. But uh, obviously, you can do that with anything. Sure, so it's it's hard to you got to pick and choose what you're actually like looking into and believing. But I've always said like he's. Yeah, he is a nut job and he can't control his emotions and he just screams people down. And that's basically like how he rose to fame and rose to popularity among certain groups of people. But he's so hyperbolic when he yeah. talks that that's what makes him sound crazy. Yeah. Like he's got this really and, and famous. He jumps from like thing to thing oh, to thing yeah. to thing. Oh, he's got to be on like so much cocaine or something. I don't but... think that
2: he is. They actually talked, talked at the end of the uh, thing about how when he was a kid, he had a closed head injury. Oh. And they think, and, and, uh, uh, Joe Rogan is convinced that maybe that head injury is kind of what made him have this stream of consciousness kind of talking Yeah, because that's what he is. He's just unfiltered. It's like yeah. When a thought pops into his head he has to say it. Just so, yeah. And it makes him look like he's ranting and raving.
0: Right. Um, but like I said, I mean like he's you know, he says some crazy shit but like at the heart of some of the stuff that he says there's a lot of truth. Like he's he's got this one famous sound clip where he's just yelling and ranting and he's like, and they're turning the fucking frogs gay! <laughs> like nobody's turning the frogs gay, but there is truth to the thing that he's saying. There's actually there's actually a, a pollutant that's being leaked into to rivers that it, frogs have the ability to basically change
2: change sex. change sex,
0: yep. and there's such high levels of this pollutant. It's called like atrazine or something like that. It was was that, it
2: frogs that they used in Jurassic Park, and that's why the dinosaurs could change sex? That's
0: exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, these frogs, all these male frogs are growing. Uh, um, uh, uteruses and ovaries but they so they're they're technically male and female and so they can they can uh, mate and reproduce with other male frogs but the other frogs that and they're only giving birth to male frogs mm-hmm. so there's like huge populations of frogs that are growing ovaries and then mating with, Male frogs. They're turning the, frogs, they're turning gay! the frogs gay. And then, and then they're only giving birth to males. It's almost kind of like Jurassic Park, where they're like, they're only mm-hmm. they, in that movie. They were only giving birth to females, right? Can you imagine but that like,
2: backfired? And instead of having dinosaurs, they just had like thirty-story, foot-tall frogs with bunch giant of, teeth. A
0: bunch of gay frogs <laughs> running around. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, so what else is going on? <laughs> um. Yeah. Nothing. I just bought nothing. Uh. Just that and just typical shit. But... Should I put a popper on this mic? By the way, I feel like I keep clipping. You're doing good, man. I'm using a different mic this week. Yeah. I, a... I I,
1: I uh, stole James's mic and brought it to me. Uh. To the home. To do some. Uh. To do some. Uh. That sample j- stuff at that, home, man. That, that and Jay never stopped working. That.
0: So you never stop working. I figured
1: I I had a couple days to do some work at home, and I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? Why drive out to the old studio space? Cause it's beautiful here. It's beautiful. It's true. And then my cat doesn't jump on me over here, which is nice. <laughs> you're trying to like work and do some editing, and then he jumps up on your keyboard. You like you little dick, but I love you because you're like a person.
0: What if like what if he just what if he hit something that made all of your shit sound way better? Oh, I I, I, dang, I I command S really <clears throat> quick
1: just in case. <laughs> I save that and then. Uh, and you would
0: be, I... become like a like an expert uh, quick draw with the command S oh, every yeah. time you see Thomas running over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> save that's it all right well i uh i haven't been doing much what have you are... been doing james oh actually i have been doing much all last weekend i spent in detroit all three days uh f- on, on purpose yeah yeah
2: you held captive no blink twice if you're in trouble uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why I, I, I audibly blinked just now <laughs> um wait was that this past weekend uh, that was two heck? weekends ago i'm pretty sure uh the m- well, no i uh but no this pa- oh no uh Friday I went to the DSO. Oh, yeah. Sorry, with you. yeah, we did go to the DSO. Uh, we went that. to the DSO. <laughs> Why I
2: forget about that?
0: <laughs> my uh, my father in law is in the DSO, he's a percussionist, so The Detroit
2: Symphony Detroit Orchestra. Detroit
0: Symphony Orchestra, very uh very um uh highly regarded. And he Keith, that, Keith man, gets that's...
2: down with that bass drum. Hell yeah, he does. His bass drum rolls like are a thing of beauty, yeah, especially in Jaws it. and Jaws. You yeah, Jaws. To. We
0: saw the DSO play Jaws, not just Jaws, but it was like heroes and villains. There was a lot of John Williams, which was amazing.
2: About 50% John Williams. Fif- actually. Yeah,
0: probably. And then Saturday, I went down for the Thursday show. Oh,
1: yeah. Saturday, I went Sa- down for wait, the Thursday Sa- show. That so you went co- two days late right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually jumped, I went into the future and jumped back in time for the Thursday. i so confused. I saw the band Thursday on Saturday, uh, and then Sunday we went down to the Autorama. This still doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I had a busy weekend. Yeah. It was cool. What about you, Jay?
1: Oh, I had a week, a uh, weekend, whatever. I uh, I had two cars go out of commission on me, so I, I my lease ran out of miles. <laughs> I have two months <laughs> left on my lease, so I'm trying not to drive that. So I'm finishing putting the body panels on my Mustang, because that runs all good and stuff, but i got to have fenders and hoods and bumpers and all that stuff nah. to, to you'll, drive you'll, legally you'll to, without getting tickets driving home at 2 a.m. from our podcast nah, and being I see. like, You got no hood on your car, and I smell beer. You're coming with me.
0: (laughs) Most cops would be like, where are you coming from, Roseville? Yeah, that sounds about right. Get the car.
1: (laughs) And uh, so that was my plan for this week, and and, uh, to get to finish the Mustang there with that part, and then uh, my fiance's car. Um, started smelling like fresh gasoline, and I come to find out that the fuel line is rusted out underneath and going trip, 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 while it's running.
0: It's a, it's a terrible problem to have, but also an awesome problem to have at and the why same is that? time. Because fresh gasoline smells uh, excellent. I, oh, it does. Does. So you love the smell of gas? It when does. I, when I was
2: a kid, when we would ever go to, um, whenever we would go to like get gas you know, in my dad's truck or something uh-huh. like that, whenever we'd go to the gas station, I would sit in the back seat and I would just go, <laughs> Little did I know, I was like six-year-old huffing the air. We like, just found
0: out what's wrong with Mike. So, so, Why he identifies with Alex Jones so much. Like, so I'm
2: going to go home and just put some gasoline in like an essential oils burner. Like, how did Mike's house blow up?
1: So that smell was happening for, for a little, about a week almost until I had a chance to figure out what was going on. So when I noticed that leak was happening like that, I also loved the smell of fresh gasoline up until that point. Because yeah. I was on the road leaving, heading to a destination and I go, Oh my God! I hope this guy at the at the light next to me doesn't flick his cigarette out at my car, like on the ground, because poof.
0: Or anything. I mean, like it, you you, know. see, you see sparks shooting out from cars all the time. Like any, there's any number of things that can happen that can cause right. a spark Could underneath you see the car. The hole? You know what I mean? So it was right
1: at a spot where the, there's two uh, fuel lines ascending and return, and two brake lines that run in a quad, and they go through this clamp. Um, this little plastic uh, just clip holder mm-hmm. and it was on the back side of that where that rubber clip or the plastic clip is so I'm if thinking you're gonna,
2: if you're going to replace the whole thing could you just get like some JB weld or something like that and just like plug up the hole, at least just for a no. quick
1: temporary fix. I, I even thought, because the parts for that car are so expensive, like like I was telling you guys, my Mustang gas tank replacement was 85 bucks. it's $1,000 for the Saturn Ion. Well, Saturn, so, high end cars. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> they just don't make carts anymore, so I, I was like, let me just throw a quick rubber tube on there, you know, uh, clamp it up and stuff. Or just throw a quick rubber on there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're not supposed to leak 99.9% of the time. So, <laughs> and, and And I was like, it was such a hassle, there was so much rust on these fuel lines and everybody has this problem that I read on that I read on the forums I'm like let me just pay the money it's 150 bucks and get a full brand new fuel line set for it there you go so do it the right way and then it's it's golden you know
2: you instead of thought if uh, if you're ever you were cheating on your significant other and uh, you don't want to get caught and you're cheating on them in your car just make them spritz themselves with some gasoline like instead instead of when you get into their car instead of like smelling their cologne you would just smell gas. They'd never think twice about
0: it. Unless <laughs> <I laughs> you never... fucking a
1: mechanic. <laughs> so that was a downside. So why, I... is he,
0: why does your dick always smell like gas? It's weird, man. Even,
1: even though I like the smell of gas, that smell stays on your skin. So you have oh, to yeah. like shower right away. And it was still on my hands after working it. And I'm not, I'm not getting in the gas. Just being around the fumes all day, you know. Actually, yeah.
0: you know what? Go on. Uh, go on the Wish app. Uh huh. I'm ordering one of these things. It's it's like a bar of soap, but it's just made out of stainless steel. Right on. And uh, you run it under cold water and rub your hands with it, and it's supposed to take, like, all kinds of weird smells off of your hands, like garlic and onions and stuff like that. Okay. Stainless steel, bruh
2: wash nice. your whole body with it your pets just get really confused because suddenly they don't smell you anymore like
1: what so guys? and so this and this goes back to Mike's what have I been doing thing where he was talking about the uh, about some group chat yeah. and saying do this and no one was responding to him because I was sitting under the car trying to look up something on my phone and there was three different group <laughs> chats with you motherfuckers going on that had all the same people in it <laughs> Mike, Brian, James Chris, Mike, Brian, James and they're all texting different ones and my phone's going that, da ring. that just shows you how
2: much we love our group of friends because there's always one person that we don't want to know something that we're talking about. <laughs> right, right. Like three or four and so my phone's threats. just
1: blowing up non-stop and I'm like, I'm trying to watch this YouTube video and I'm hitting cancel and everything and my fiance calls and I gave her the FU button to where it shuts off and sends her to voicemail. I'm like, I don't care about life. He's getting so worked
0: up. And then, <laughs> well, it's fucking cold outside. He's laying yeah, under yeah. a car. Yeah, it was six degrees. It was six degrees outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this is making my life right now. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Uh, so, so, so I've been
1: great, man.
2: Okay, so clearly, we, clearly, <laughs> we, need, to hear. we need to work on our texting skills. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> no, we also You, you, need to you work... know what
0: you're getting yourself into when you became oh, our friend? Just what ruined my segway Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Well, we also need to work on some other things.
0: Yeah, you need to work on your segues. That sucked. Yeah, it was. That good. would have sounded
1: cooler if you <laughs> it was, said it before Jim yeah. said
0: something first. You, you're, you're day late in a dollar short. Yeah, like. we should, let's let's uh, let's try to correct that next time. Speaking huh. of corrections. Stupid! You're so stupid!
2: All right. So uh, last week, um, I'm I'm ashamed of this. uh Oh. I am ashamed. Oops, the, the, sorry, Jay. Just what? I got the Star Wars quote wrong.
0: Oh no. Which one?
2: I am ashamed. I, I was don't giving even that little correction a about quote. Tashi Station. Yeah. And I think I said, I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Or, I was going to go pick up some power converters from Tashi Station, is yeah. what I said. And the actual quote, I think I actually said it right just now the first time. The actual quote is, uh, uh, but I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters.
0: So you mixed up two words?
2: Listen, listen, that's a big deal. <laughs> Anybody who's a big Star Wars fan listen to that, they'll say, that's not it.
0: That's not it. That's not it. I will never listen to your show
2: again.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there has been some. You cretin. What's Star Wars? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just kidding. Oh boy. Um anyway, that's uh that was it. I'm sure there's a couple of other little things, but that was the only glaring one that uh that stood out to me.
0: Oh, uh, uh here's a big correction. Sorry we released our episode 2 days late oh, yeah. this week. <laughs> What's the Buzzkill
1: Podcast? <laughs> that,
0: that was uh, that was there were no technical issues. There okay, was yep. there was it was just simply uh, we're we're stupid. Yep, yep. And we had
2: talked about it. <laughs> we, we actually we, we 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 realized Monday that we didn't do it, and then we forgot to do it again. On we're Monday. We were <laughs> in the
0: middle of playing Monopoly with roommate Jen, and we're like, oh shit, we didn't post our episode yesterday, and we didn't post it yet today. Yep. And then Tuesday came and went, or well, most of Tuesday yep. came and went, and then we're like, oh.
2: We, we probably have to post- do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yeah. Anyway, apologies. Yeah, sorry about if that. If it really matters to anybody. but After uh, two
2: and a half years, it was like the first time that we...
0: We just straight up forgot. That we are
2: admitting <laughs> that we straight up forgot.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, boy. All right. Good so that's time. it for corrections uh, then? All right. So this week... This week. The Art of the Kill. Yes. We we're, uh, we're, we we dove into a couple of movies. A couple of... Uh, very New-
2: interesting movies, yeah, by the way.
0: Yeah. Both very interesting. Both... Uh, I liked them both a lot.
2: As did I so we have the the Devil's Candy.
0: The Devil's Candy uh, from with 2015.
2: 2015 with with that mm, scrumptious Ethan Embry. Ooh baby like, baby. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you are not an <laughs> Ethan Embry fan after watching this movie, then you don't know what a good-looking man's body is. <laughs> Just saying.
0: It's funny because he uh <laughs> he 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 got pretty doughy for a while. Yeah, he did. Like he actually put on a ton of weight. I uh we or actually I talked about it on one of our earlier episodes it was um one of those masters of horrors masters of horror episodes it was called um uh incident incident on and off of mountain road mm-hmm. i think that's what it's called and he that was could a- also be a master of horrors episode yeah. incident
2: on and off the mountain road
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh he was pretty like he looked he looked beyond his years in that and because he like his his hair was just kind of like old manish looking and he was sort of doughy mm-hmm. and he just you know he didn't look like the what you get in the devil's candy no cause uh he is the devil's candy I was <laughs> I was questioning
2: my own sexuality I'm not gonna lie to you um I believe that's what you okay. call the devil's candy <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is
0: <laughs> no I've, I've always really liked Ethan Emery and uh yeah he was he was awesome in yeah, that movie he's
2: he's one of my He's one of those actors that like it doesn't matter what he's in it's I'm almost guaranteed to like it mm-hmm. because I just I just like I'm a big fan of his I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of his acting his uh, his his filmography like he's just
0: just one of those dudes that And he's not I wouldn't go I wouldn't go so far as to say he's one of the best actors
2: No he, he's he just... not he's just the best Ethan Emery Yeah <laughs>
0: you know exactly like he plays that character very very well so enough uh stroking him off yeah, we yeah, also yeah. we also watched uh, <laughs> a brand new movie called Velvet Buzzsaw yes. which, which was, is a uh, Netflix exclusive which
2: i didn't know what to expect from it yeah and i was happy not knowing going into it because half an hour into this movie and we'll get into this mm-hmm. i was like i thought this was a horror movie mm. and then it turns on a dime and, yeah. it, and it starts to get really good but yeah, we'll get into yeah. it
0: um, uh, so that's that's so, what we're wa- that's what we watched this. So week. James
2: here doesn't know what we're drinking. This I week. don't
0: know what we're drinking yet. I um, see I see a big bottle in a in a in a, a paper bag or brown bag in it. This year this we week. are we
2: are. So so we're we're classing it up. Tonight. We're, we're classing it up because when you go to an art gallery, yes, When you go to an art gallery. You have to drink only the finest of the bubbly. What the hell was that? I don't know. That was like my half Godfather, half Italian, half. Like
0: only the funnest of <laughs> the <lives are> bubbly. <laughs> I don't know what. It was. Wait, what, was it bubbly? Oh, okay. Well, I, f- I feel like if this is bubbly, we should we should have probably had the Orson Welles drop oh. uh, <laughs> queued up. <laughs> oh, the French. <laughs> so okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna debug this then. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mama <laughs> Oh, Cita. yeah. Did you say
1: something about a D-bag? D-bag.
0: <laughs> you I'm going to D-bag this. Um, so, no beer this week. Okay. No beer this week. Well, I mean, we're still drinking beer. We're still drinking beers, but, but uh, we've got... are changing it up. We've got a bottle of only the finest. Only
2: the finest. And, and, you know, I will say this. <clears throat> My favorite champagne. Fuck the super high end, oh, yeah. the super expensive Absolutely. Dom Dom Perion. Dom Perion. Uh, fuck
0: that. Or uh, Dom... ten
2: dollar bottle of toasty is all you fucking need.
0: Absolutely. This is a twelve dollar bottle on sale for nine ninety nine. So yeah. we're really doing it. High right. class. Uh, <laughs> no, I this is like you said, this is my personal favorite champagne as well. I've had good champagne, courtesy of our good friend uh, fucking Brian, and it's not good good champagne I agree. good he champagne us, does not taste good
2: he gave us a couple couple years ago we all had a little nipper of uh, his his bottle of dom which is like what, a $200 bottle or something like that no
0: he corrected me on this actually and i was i was supposed to put this in a correction back when we were talking about it originally uh it wasn't dom it was some other expensive bottle i can't remember what it he, was called i don't really care
2: he did have dom though at one of the new
0: years no he didn't yes he did i asked him
2: Mm, I don't unless think unless
0: he's just he I was too th- drunk to remember. I, I, that
2: could be it because he absolutely did. I don't think he did.
0: Anyway, so this is a process to open this. So go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. I'm just
2: waiting for the pop the pop of the cork here. I'm, I'm not, not gonna full on pop care- it because be I, careful. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Do, do you have like a rag or something just in case? It, I don't need a rag.
0: No, in case it bubbles over. It's not gonna bubble over. I know how to open a bottle of champagne. Ooh, Look there it that. is. Ooh, Ooh, and that Ooh. smoke just kind of billows out of the. Mm, mm, mm. Now, it in. now Drink. this
2: is. Drink it in
0: now this is nice we are uh, we're I keep pointing away from this microphone because I'm not used to it. Um, this picture is a dick head on <laughs> um, so we're drinking this beautiful bottle of uh, fancy bubbly out of <laughs> a ninja turtle pint glass a uh, a bacardi oak heart uh, like beer stein, uh, which I can only assume came in a gift set gift set of bacardi. <laughs> oak art and uh and just a regular uh regular old pint glass here
1: now if you if you would Classic, like I can, I can scrap these glasses and go get us some uh three shot glasses instead <laughs> no 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 we, it
0: was... This is this is how we do this on this show here you can pour your own
2: the only thing that would make this better if they were like solo cups is drinking champagne out of the old red solo cup
0: um i've, oh. def- I've definitely drank champagne out of a solo cup before oh so have i no shame no shame in my game. No, no shame in my champagne. Why does my computer never work? I don't know. Well, A, because it's not a computer.
2: This uh, this reminds me of uh, Champagne Supernova. In the which,
0: Champagne Supernova. Which reminds me of Oasis,
2: which reminds me of Noel Gallagher's Flying Cir- Circus, which reminds me that I'm going to see them in August. Oh, yeah? Yeah. With who? Going to see the uh, Smashing Pumpkins again. Apparently this is going to be a yearly thing with me and my brother. We're just going to go see the pumpkins wherever they're coming to all right this year they're coming to detroit so i don't have to go very far but he's coming in from new york so cool yeah it's uh it's a weird lineup it's smashing pumpkins noel gallagher's flying surface uh surface
0: <laughs> why do you keep saying I don't surface know,
2: flying circus and uh afi it's a, kind of a weird it's huh. kind of a weird lineup
0: i kind of like that lineup actually but, um, did
1: you see that uh rob zombie and marilyn manson were touring are doing it again yeah, yeah. the
0: third oh,
2: time
1: wow. they sold out like pre-sale even after all their, uh, their uh, fighting last year and harsh oh, words yeah. to each no, other. No, no, no,
2: no, no, That wasn't last year's tour. That was the first one. Is it the last year year's tour was like they reconciled, did the tour the right way. And now they're doing it again for a third tour. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah. All
0: right, so if I may, boys. Yes. Uh, I was I, I was stalling so that I could look up the product details for Toast- Toasty Asty. Uh, Toasty Asti is a highly aromatic sparkling wine with fresh fruit aromas of pears and violets, leading to sweet fruit flavors of strawberry and apricot, finishing well balanced with a crisp acidity. <laughs> the French. All right. So this is actually sparkling wine because it's not from the Champagne okay. region of France, but. Calabunga. Calabunga. Cheers. Mm. Damn it, I love it. Reminds me of New Year's. Oh, yeah. Just New, every...
2: My my New Year's tradition, except for this year, was to drink a bottle of Toasty.
0: Yeah, this year you bitched out on us and went somewhere else.
2: Uh, this year I bitched out, went somewhere else, and then got the fucking plague. Oh, yeah. So That was when
0: you got sick forever. I, I
2: wouldn't have been able to drink even if I wanted to because I was already feeling like crap that oh. night. So.
0: That's because you left our party. That's that thing. That's yeah. karma. Like
1: so this is uh, sparkling wine and not champagne. Did you hear that story about a year ago or so? Some guy was flying on an airline, and they offered the airline that was flying to the, such destination, you all get a free champagne toast as, as part of the airline package, right? Yeah. And he received a bottle or a, a glass of sparkling wine that they offered to everybody, uh-huh. and he sued the airline for not giving him real champagne. And I, <laughs> I believe he won. What? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He's like, oh, champagne, the French. Dude, people <laughs> people sue
0: and win over the craziest shit nowadays. We'll I up. can't believe it. Where, where do we live? What is this? I don't know. What the hell? America. I need to start that's suing people. Over, like, I just need to start suing people over everything. I'm bound to win one of them, right? <laughs> anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the Bleed Feed. Dump.
2: So, this week, a couple of deaths. Yeah, a couple of really unsuspecting deaths.
0: Unexpected, you mean? Unexpected. There you go.
2: Unsuspecting works too. Sh- sure. Just a different weird yeah. way of saying
0: it. Out of left field.
2: Out of very much out of left field. Uh, so rest in peace to uh, Luke Perry. Man. 52 years old. I'm sure everybody's heard about this at this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, he suffered a massive stroke last week. Uh, and then the, this week, uh, I don't know if they pulled him or, or if he went naturally or what happened. That part wasn't released as far as I read. But, right. um, but this week he did die. Um, he rose to fame because of 90210, obviously, back in the day. But then he also was in, uh, in the horror uh, genre.
0: The, the bad boy with a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I actually don't know if he had a heart of gold in that show. I'm I never watched it, it, so I couldn't but, tell you.
2: Uh, but uh, in the horror genre, though, he played Pike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Which, don't let Vito tell you anything. It's a great movie.
0: Does Vito not I don't, like
2: that I don't movie? Think he does. He corrected me on my Monopoly board game that I should have put Sunnydale instead of Hemley High. No,
0: no, 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 no. You're wrong, Mike. You're uh, wrong.
2: He also voiced Sub Zero in the 1990s Mortal Kombat animated series. Did oh, you remember did that? Really? Yes, I didn't he did. Know that. So, uh, so, yeah, rest in peace to Luke Perry. Um, crazy. It's yeah. not yeah. a guy that I expected to go anytime soon. Yeah, so that it no, was, was, was really a, weird. Big bummer when I heard about that. <clears throat> Um, also the die this week, not necessarily horror, but when I think of like what, what music would be considered horror, I suppose that this would make sense, but, um, I was a, Big big fan of a group called Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Back in the nineties, they put out a record called The Fat of the Land. that had Breathe, Firestarter, uh, Smack My Bitch Up. Like which which Smack My Bitch Up was one of those videos on M T V that was like banned. Yeah. Except for when you caught it at like two o'clock in the yeah. morning. They would play it like late night. Right. Um and like I would stay up just to watch it, like just to find it, you know, because it was so rare that they actually played it. Right. Um anyway, loved it. They were like pioneers of like electro like industrial like, like rave music sort yeah, of like I don't, was, I don't
0: even know how to categorize it, basically it
2: but... made electronic music popular though mm. like they were like one of those huge driving forces in the 90s that just kind of redefined the electronic music scene um I, I, but would, I
0: would throw them into genre i mean like if you think about their their videos and stuff especially the the video for um breathe for breathe yeah like that was that was kind of a freaky yeah, no, video it was.
2: absolutely kind well, I, I just watched it today too. you're absolutely right yeah um, but yeah so uh the their front man Keith Flint uh he died this week at the age of 49 uh, of a suicide yeah uh, they no no details on on what happened obviously but uh he was found in his Essex home um over in Europe and uh in England and yeah I mean it's just another man
0: suicide man that's... yeah
2: it's I mean what else can you say about yeah. it we haven't said before you know it's, it's a bummer to hear it, it yeah. it's it's not the way you ever want to hear people going. I know that I did. I read a little bit about him and his personal life, and apparently, like, like his whole life, he was just like a like a super energetic, just like rambunctious kind of guy. And music gave him that outlet to get a lot of his energy out. Right. This and that. But um, like, he
0: was the type where his on stage persona was. Was like basically who he was from
2: what I understand. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: like some people, it's just a character they play. Basically, you know what I mean. But
2: yeah, but yeah. that was like his life. Like he right. was he. What you saw is what you got with with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he was the dude with the the, the dual mohawks on the the green dual mohawks, and the, yeah. he always had his eyes blacked out and the nose ring. Like mm-hmm. he was, he kind of had like that goth look down before. I, guess, I mean, not really before. I guess the '90s goth. Yeah, was it, totally was probably, in. it was probably
0: it was probably right around the same time that Jay had it down. Yeah. yeah, with your blue liberty spikes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if I ever start going bald with the middle man, I'll just shave that middle and just do them double mohawks. But uh, anyway, yeah, rest in peace to uh, Keith Flint. Yep.
2: Um, crazy. Did, yeah, crazy. Uh, another guy that you know. Like I said was only forty-nine years old.
0: Yeah, crazy.
2: So um, anyway, um, we get a whole lot of news this week, guys. And by a whole lot, I mean, I have literally two pieces of news. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there was more that I could have covered, but, like, nothing really jumped out at me as being, like, super newsworthy. So right I just wasn't going to waste time. So um, uh, both both pieces of news have to do with Shutter. Um The new Critters, not movie. I thought it was a movie. Oh, It's a series. Yeah. Didn't know. That. I for some reason I was under the impression that this Critters: The New Binge was a new
0: movie, a Shutter Exclusive movie. Oh, I thought we had talked about the fact that it was a series before. We might
2: have. Maybe I'm just a dumb person. But like, <laughs> I was always under the impression that it was a movie. But uh, if you didn't see it, they they dropped a trailer for this new Critters uh, series last week, and uh, it's it's interesting. It. Uh, I actually it's, didn't
0: see it. Oh, you didn't, didn't see know. it?
2: Oh my god. Okay, so. It it's great because they brought back all the practical effects of the critters and mm-hmm. all that, and that's cool. Um, the problem that I have with it, and I'm sure it's going to be fine, and I'm sure I'm going to love it, but man, does it look low budget? It's it's shot on video for sure, mm-hmm. or at least it looks like it was shot on video. Acting looks serviceable at best. Do people
0: really do people shoot on video? Well,
2: <laughs> they don't. But put it this way, it definitely does not look like a polished anything
0: maybe they're just trying to maybe they're just trying to capture the essence of the original no
2: no no the original looks a thousand times better than this (laughs) um yeah it looks fun though i'll give it that it looks fun still but uh that's going to be hitting shutter on thursday march 21st Uh, it's going to be an eight-part series so that's pretty cool um and uh i guess before i get to my last one i'm just going to throw it over to you so you can tell me what's new on blue
0: you're gonna do it you're not gonna do it do what nothing never mind All right, starting off with a little bit of fishy fun, just in time for Lent, right? Bluegill. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's been announced Joe Dante's Piranha from 1978 has been officially picked up as a Scream Factory branded title. Uh, Scream Factory said, we are preparing a new 4K scan of the film from the original negative and have recorded a brand new audio commentary with executive producer Roger Corman. All bonus features from the prior Blu-ray release will be ported over as well. Piranha will be swarming U.S. and Canadian shelves on June 11th ensconced in stunning limited edition steelbook packaging. Oh, baby. Get your wallet out, Mikey. Next up. Hold on. There you go. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Sorry. I can only (laughs) think about one thing at a time. Next up. Also dropping on June 11th is another Scream Factory release. 1983's The Entity, which stars Deborah Hershey as a single... Oh, sorry. Barbara Hershey, not Deborah... Um, as, Damn a, it, as, as a single mother suffering from constant attacks by a depraved unseen force uh, what what are you laughing at what are you laughing at what you're gonna say it was a
2: single mother struggling with constipation <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's a horror movie yeah, that, that's that's a very real very real horror that <laughs> many single mothers and single fathers deal with uh it's a problem people Extras are pretty much finalized. This is this is also, I'm just reading two quotes oh, from, from Scream <laughs> Factory this week because uh, because it's easier that way. Uh, so Scream Factory announced extras are pretty <clears> much <throat> finalized, but will confirm more at a later date. Uh, what we can announce today, though, is that all extras from prior DVD will be ported over, and we have new exclusive interviews from actor David Labiosa, film editor Frank J. Urasti, Legendary genre composer Charles Bernstein and the star of the film herself, Academy Award nominee Babs Hershey. They didn't say Babs, so I guess it wasn't a direct quote. I said Babs.
2: Oh, well. Way to fuck that up. Sorry. And that's
0: it. That's, that's it? all.
2: Yeah. So we both got not a whole lot this week. Baby. Um, ah. So the last. Uh... <laughs> I beat you to it. Fucker. Mm, nah, didn't count. All right. Um, so my last piece of news is that finally we have a date for the uh, last drive in with Joe Bob Briggs oh, series. Nice. All right. That's going to be debuting. This is going to be a very. Uh, packed week on Shudder mm-hmm. because right after the release of Critters on March 29th uh, is the first of nine episodes of the Joe Bob Briggs The Last Drive-In series. So this is going to be a nine episode series. Uh, every episode is going to be a double feature.
0: Nice.
2: So we're going to be getting 18 movies.
0: So uh, they're actually releasing it weekly then? They're yeah, not every just going like, to dump it all at nope. one point? Uh, every Friday. Okay. And,
2: and from, from what I read, and I don't know if this is true but from what I read it sounds like they're not going to be put up on shutter right away so you have to watch them almost live at the time that they're on Hmm. and then at a later date they're going to upload the series now i could have been reading this wrong or they just haven't really said much about it but from what i took it it said they're going to be uploaded at a later date Hmm. so i think that if you want to watch these you have to kind of watch them and i hope they get their server issues down though because every single one of their marathons that they've done they've been great but the shutter surfers have crashed because yeah. so many people watch these uh, Yeah, these especially
0: during the first one. I know I had a ton of problems with yep. trying to trying to stay logged in. So Herb. you're saying
2: they
1: just shuttered
2: right down?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I shuttered
2: a think.
0: Nah.
1: But uh, that's that's your news, guys. All right. All right, so let's wrap up this news segment with our stupid fact of the day. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys know that the Declaration of Independence was written on hemp paper? Really? Yeah, there's your stupid fact of the day. Huh. And I thought of something about this. So, the Declaration of Independence was written in 1776, right? Mm-hmm. So, seven plus seven plus six is 20. And it was written on the 4th of July, 420. Hemp paper! Oh, let's blaze, oh, bro! Yeah.
0: Synchronicities. Damn, synchronicities. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm gonna yeah. smoke the Declaration of Independence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> where, <laughs> when, <laughs> who, what, where? <laughs> so, boom! That was All your news. Right, I figured H-J. it was written
2: on like papyrus, but that wouldn't make sense because pa- it wasn't papyrus. in Egypt. <laughs> and then, like, and in like the 1700s, around where the fuck that was, 1600s. for When the fuck did danger in Egypt? Like, what years?
0: Wait, are you asking when was ancient, it was ancient Egypt or
2: it was BC? Was it BC? Yeah, it was BC? I, I don't was... know
0: from the beginning of time yeah, until yeah. <laughs> until, ancient until whenever ancient stopped ancient being Egypt was seventeen
2: hundreds. We all we all know that. Come on, it's still kind. Of, it's it's
0: kind of ancient considering. It.
2: I don't think what what, what
0: what's is the cutoff for ancient? Yeah, I was
2: what's the cutoff for ancient,
1: Jay. Look it up. What's, <laughs> what's the cutoff for classic rock stations? They just brought back Detroit <laughs> Wheels, and they're like, "We're playing Foo Fighters, Nirvana, yeah. Osborne, Van Halen."
0: Well, it, it well with with classics. I think with I think with ancient as well as with classic, it's it's it gets bumped up periodically because a classic car. Like, you know, it, it used to be when we were younger, my, uh, like you would see cars with the, the classic car uh, license plate. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And it was cars that predated like 1964 or something like that. And now it's cars that predate like 1984. You yeah, know what it, I mean? It's
1: like, uh, tw- I think, 25 years you can get a historic oh, plate in Michigan. Yeah, okay. The, the, the definition. So 25,
0: 25 years ago was what, 1990? Four. <laughs> so, or, no, that's yeah. classic.
2: That's classic, not ancient.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, but like, oh, okay. but with ancient, it it periodically updates. Like, like well, right now, it's of. right now it's 2019. In f- the year 4,000, this is going to be an ancient podcast.
2: Technically speaking, the uh, the uh, the definition of ancient is belonging to the very distant past and no longer in existence. So anything no longer in existence could technically be ancient. Like, like my like sex life. So <laughs> <laughs> ah, <Not> true. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait. I don't know. No, like like our old bands are ancient.
0: Oh yes. Well, they are ancient. We're ancient, almost. 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 Almost Wait. We have to be. Well, in well your old your
2: old band uh, had a little bit of fame this last uh, last week with the release of the two thousands documentary series on. I don't remember. Ne- on, oh uh, yeah. Oh
0: yeah. That's right. Um. So. <laughs> A few people actually caught this. Uh, our, our our guitar player Jim he, he caught it, and then there were a few fans that caught it too. So um, there's this Netflix series, and and it's the two thousands. Well, the, so they're they decades. So yep. there's like the fifties, the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and in the two thousands, they're they're toward the end of the very last episode. They're talking about the basically the death of physical uh, physical music, like the death of the the, the, CDs. the record store, you know. Yep and uh and at one point in time they're talking about the last two fye's i think is it the last two fye's in la i
2: forget if, i think it was fye's yeah
0: i don't re- i think it was fye but um and then there's a shot there's a shot of a guy like looking at cds and then there's a shot that pans across the the shelves and our CD is right in the middle of one of the shelves. The uh, Search City CD. Which is, like, I was <laughs> I was thinking, like, uh, there's a few things here. First of all, it's insanely cool, like, you mm-hmm. know, like, to see that there. Second of all, though... Dude, you're on Netflix. Yeah, I'm well, on actually, Netflix. Actually, you
2: weren't, because you weren't a part of that
0: record, <laughs> you dumb fuck. <laughs> well, I was a part of the release, and I was a part of the touring on it afterward. But uh, <laughs> but then, two other things. Uh I forgot the, what the first one is. <laughs> you dumb fuck. Oh, no, I was just, I was just thinking like, I was just thinking like of of all the albums in all the world. There's literally millions of albums, and for ours to actually yeah. make that shot, that's pretty incredible. It's really cool. That's no, cool. But the other thing I thought is, and I said this on Jim's uh, Facebook. I said it, it's cool. It's really cool, but it's kind of sucky that. Our physical album shows up in a in a bit about the death of physical albums. <laughs> it's kind of a bittersweet thing. You know? Now,
1: now was that a current Fye shot of that of that uh, store, or was that a, um, a something from from the past when they still had a lot of records
0: there? Um, I, don't I don't know. I mean, either. it was. Uh, I'm guessing since the record where the our album was like right there, front and center, it had to be right along, right around the release of the album, which was 2008. So they're just using old footage from that. Because yeah, so, otherwise, probably. that
1: single shelf, search of city, still being sold there. Right. <laughs> that'd
0: yeah, be, I, that'd I walk, be Pretty well, sweet. I
1: That's... walked past an Fye today, and, and front center, right when you walk in the store, they had a uh, a single rack of, of CDs, and I was like, man, was my album there? I didn't go in there. I didn't care enough to go <laughs> well, look. <laughs> Best, Best Buy, Best Buy CDs uh, are
2: literally down to one little rack now are they that's it actually yet yet they still
0: haven't yet they they still have a record section which is weird
2: i read about that there so best buy has a deal where they have to sell vinyl for like the next five years or something like that it's some it's some distribution deal i was reading about uh and actually at our local best buy i'm fairly certain their record section is bigger than their cd section at this point which is Hmm, which is a weird crazy flip-flop that's That's because they're
1: they're like Ten times the size of a CD, so they take up more shelf space. They do, yeah, that's true. <laughs>
2: but but records, though, are a hot commodity right now. Though they, the 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 collector market will never go away for vinyl. At least for like music aficionados, like people people like vinyl. Right. I buy vinyl. I I and I don't buy a lot of it. Like I'm not. I don't go out and buy new records on vinyl. Like
0: you but, get like, all the special I,
2: stuff. Yeah, like the records hold a, a special place in my heart. The records that I listened to a lot growing up. You know, like you know, I, I, so, and. The only time I'll buy new stuff is when I'm like seeing a band live or whatever and I'll support them at their merch booth or something sure. like that, you know, but like, I'm not going to go out and like rebuy my entire CD collection on vinyl. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. I buy them sparingly, but, um, but I enjoy having them. We yeah. got to bring um, back the
0: 8-track. I agree. That's a, it's, it's an underappreciated medium. Have those players <laughs> in, back in cars again? Just as this like you could only hold like two or three of the cassettes in your console.
1: Let's just bring back a Bluetooth 8-track player, right? So you have the player, you plug it in there, it can be sitting on your passenger seat, wherever, and it Bluetooth's to your car, because all the cars are Bluetooth nowadays. You just
0: described <laughs> you just described what we do with our iPhone. <laughs> except, for, <laughs> except, for, <laughs> except for with the added bonus, quote unquote, of having a fucking 8-track player sitting on your passenger seat. <laughs> Sorry, sweetie, you gotta ride in the back, because the 8-track player's you got
2: you to pull over to uh, go to the CD changer in your trunk. That's connected <laughs> to the Bluetooth. That just goes right to the front <laughs> of the stereo.
1: <carrier. laughs> uh, uh, oh, we
2: got we got crazy off topic here.
0: Yeah, well, but
2: um, but long story short is you built a fire so big Netflix could see it. That's right. That's that's what you did. <laughs> that's the,
0: that was a good way to end that. So uh, so we're gonna take a little bit of a break. <laughs> I'm gonna lower my voice so it doesn't crack anymore 'cause it just did. I don't think you caught that. <clears throat> and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about evil art. Mm. See that I can I can go sexy when I want to. Mm. It's just I think I'm more charming when I crack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more relatable. What? Nothing. Okay. All right, let's do it. Throughout this, we will see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right. Almost messed it up, Mike. (laughs) Almost did it. Almost did it.
2: Um, All right. So like we said before, we were talking about some some killer art. You know, uh, movies with paintings and artists and snobby art critics and possessed artistes. Mm -hmm. So the first movie we're talking about is uh, The Devil's Embry. I mean, the devil's candy. <laughs> um, this is from uh, 2015, directed by Sean Byrne, uh, who directed another movie that we liked a lot called The Loved Ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, uh, yeah, he, um,
0: is he, he's is two it, for two. He's, he's Australian, eh? Yes.
2: He, uh, we, he's two for two because two very, very fantastic movies here. Um if you've never heard of this uh it is about a struggling painter is possessed by satanic forces after he and his young family move into their dream home in rural Texas. Uh in this creepy haunted house tale. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a haunted house movie. No, it's, it's a, a little, little bit misleading, yeah. But um but it is but it is weird though. I, I I don't know that I would I don't know that I would even say that was it satanic forces? They it's, don't really go into what it is. That's I feel thing, like it's, but I
0: feel like it's kind of up in the air. Yeah. Like I, I liked it because uh, this this movie really like even right until the last second is sort of open to interpretation, which are that's the kind of movies we're into because yep. then you can discuss them. Absolutely. Which is what we'll do right now, after we give you a little cast rundown. So uh Ethan Embry from uh, plays Jesse Hellman, mm-hmm. Hellman. Oh, right. Hell, like, man! What the hell, man? <laughs> what the heck, man? No. <laughs> uh, Sherry Appleby plays his wife, Astrid, mm-hmm. or Astrid. Um <laughs> uh, Their daughter is played by uh, Kiera Glasgow, mm-hmm. and Ray Smiley mm. is played by Pruitt Taylor Vince.
2: Who, who? Honest, he needs. He should get an award for this movie. I don't know what award, like the creepy award. Yeah. Like the like the binocular award or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it would, what the award would be, but like. He plays easily one of the most unnervingly creepy characters mm-hmm. I think that I've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. It was there were some really like uncomfortable, tense moments in this movie.
2: However, however, like, I have in my notes that he's so creepy, but he is so incredibly sympathetic all at the same time. Yeah. It's so Bizarre.
0: Yeah, it's pretty polarizing. Yeah, because I, I felt the same way. I was like, I want to feel bad for this guy, but at the same time, he's he a does because he doesn't seem, he's doing terrible. Things. He doesn't
2: seem like an inherently bad guy. Right. Like he. Um, we're jumping ahead here, obviously, but like he. And that's the movie, guys. <laughs> next no, <no, no>, <laughs> one. We that's just said the candy. He's clearly he's clearly being possessed by the sound by by the same thing that Ethan Embry is because of the, because of something in the house basically. Yeah, I don't know. It's not the well. That's house. that's it's kind of a,
0: up in the air though too. Yeah,
2: I don't. It's I don't know what it is, but like they're both affected by it. it has something to do with the house, whether it be haunting, whether it be possession, what have you. Right. Um, maybe they're on top of the hellmouth or something like that. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> But um, uh, before you jump in, I just I, I also wanted to bring up. I oh, forgot, uh, to- uh Tony Amendola mm-hmm. is in this as well. He plays a really small role, but I like him a lot. Uh, Which
1: role he? he was the. Um,
0: he was the the art. Uh, like he was the proprietor oh, yes, of, the, yes, yes. of of uh, Belial. And don't the, forget the art place. Yeah, and don't the... forget
2: the the greatest actor in this movie. Hmm. Leland Orser,
0: man. Oh, Leland Orser. Played
2: the preacher. Yep.
0: I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Um, but yeah, t- uh, Tony Amendola, you'd know him from uh, Annabelle. He played Father Perez. I okay. know him I know him best from The Mask of Zorro because I loved that movie when I was younger. If they
2: ever did a <clears throat> biopic on George Carlin, he would be a good choice to play older version George Carlin. You think so? Yeah, he kind of looks like him. A little skinnier, but mm. if you put on a couple pounds, or, yeah. I think he looks like him. I think he's, he's too old. He's too old. He's too old
0: <laughs> to play George Carlin.
2: Um, no, no, I just did kind of let like him. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I, I really want to jump into these characters because I think the characters are where this movie shines. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, as the synopsis says, you have Ethan Embry and his family. Uh, they're living in basically this tiny little house apartment thing. And uh, they finally find this this dream house. It's kind of out in not out in the country, but there's more land or whatever. It's yeah. bigger. He's got like a huge uh, pole barn basically to do all of his art. Uh, Ethan Embry plays. In, he's an artist.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they're kind of struggling. Clearly, she works, and then he paints.
0: He's yeah. a he's a metalhead so obviously like his inspirations probably come from that side of his life but yes. they show him doing a, um like in the opening he's doing a um butterfly. a commission that's like butterflies for a for bank for a bank yeah But even still that butterfly picture is still pretty dark Sure like it's not it's like you don't look at it and go ooh butterflies you look at it and you're like ooh butterflies,
2: butterflies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um so yeah like he he's obviously not doing what he loves but, uh, but he's doing
2: it to support the family. Right. His daughter, Zoe, is a metalhead just like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both just, they they, they have this, this kinship that every father and daughter hope to have, kind right. of, you know. <laughs> um, I couldn't tell. Is it, his, was it his daughter or was it his stepdaughter?
0: I think it was his daughter. It was
2: Okay. They, yeah. never, they never really say it one way or the other. The relationship that they have is almost like a friendship more than like a father daughter. <laughs> well, so I thought maybe that's how that was.
0: Well, he even uh, there was one part in the movie where he, like you know, he gets spellbound by his uh, by his painting process, and he's way late to pick her up at the yeah. school. And when he gets there, he sits down and he like he's kind of like pleading with her, and he says, "Can we just be friends again?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "That's, it's, it's, it's kind of a typical relationship, especially with like." Uh, I don't want to necessarily say younger generations these days, but p- parents want to be their kids' friends, yeah. you know, instead of being their parent. Mm-hmm. And that's what their relationship kind of strikes me as. Like, he's he's the one who seems to be very lenient with her, and he's like, um, he just wants to be her friend more well, than anything. In that,
2: in that situation, too, though, she's the mature one. She's the one that's pissed at him for right. doing something wrong, and he was the one that was not, you know... Not doing his duty, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, she actually almost seems like the older one in that situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they move into this house or whatever, and as soon as he starts painting in there, uh, the weird things kind of start happening. Like, he goes down there one night, and he basically gets in like this trance, and he just starts painting this upside down cross. Mm-hmm. Has no idea where it came from, has no idea. And eh, am satanic, I guess I get that. But, um, <laughs> He, has no, he doesn't even remember painting it. Mm-hmm. Like he just got so overwhelmed and overtaken by this thing, and he thinks that this is like. Oh my god, finally I'm getting this inspiration. I don't know where it came from. It's I don't just flowing I don't even me. remember painting this. It's right. a great artist story, you know. Mm-hmm. But then it, it, it continues to happen and it gets creepier and creepier to where he's painting this giant canvas. He paints over the butterfly commission he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And he and he paints this scene basically of these children burning in hell with like a satanic being thing overlooking them all.
0: Right. Um uh, before you get too far into that. Yeah we should kind of set up um Ray Smiley's character i was because, going to as soon as i was done yeah because what he's painting directly correlates to what Ray Smiley has going yes. on so the opening of the movie is you just see um you see Ray Smiley is just this big dude he's laying in bed and he get, he gets up like all of a sudden something overtakes him and he gets up in the middle of the night and then it's pitch black in the house but you just hear these like gnarly chords just ringing out on, a, Long, on an electric guitar cords, just yeah. like loud going throughout the entire house and then his mom wakes up and comes in to find him just like standing with his face against the wall strumming these chords and he he says to her uh she's like what, the, what are you doing and he says to her if i play loud i can't hear him mm-hmm. and she's like that's it you're going back to the hospital pack your shit like you're getting out of here and then he ends up taking her out with his guitar Mm-hmm. Right, and then his dad shows up. They don't show this happening, but it's implied that he kills his father as well. And then he's just kind of on the lam. Yep. And so that's where that's where the the Hellman family comes in. They end up buying the house. The guy who's selling them the house says, "I, you know, legally, I do have to tell you that there were two people who died in this." house. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Two people who died in this people house. Two people who died <laughs> in this, in this house. house. Two people who died in this house. But he makes it seem very innocent. He's if like, somebody
2: told me it that way when I was buying a house. It might not make it as bad. See, well,
0: he says, he says, <laughs> you that,
2: know, somebody really died in this house. He's <laughs> really asshole. not that bad. I
0: hate you so much. <laughs> uh, so he he tells him, he tells him, yeah, the old lady that lived here took an unfortunate spill down the stairs and didn't uh, survive, and then her husband was so overtaken with grief that he killed himself. Yeah. Um, uh, which would still up red flags for me. I, I don't know if I'd want to live which, in a house that somebody killed themselves. Which were in. lies. Well, yeah. That, like I said, clearly he made it lie. seem a lot more innocuous than it actually was. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they were murdered. But I don't think did they. Did he actually believe that though?
2: I have no. Because see, it didn't really the,
0: seem like the police were hot on Ray's tra- trail. Like they didn't no. think that they were after him for murder. Yeah, I don't like know
2: that. if whether or not he didn't know the true story and that's what he was told, right. uh, Or not. But right. I mean, it clearly shows. It clearly shows Ray killing both of his parents. Well and this shows is, him
0: killing his, his mom. Oh, his mom.
2: And assuming his dad. Mm-hmm. And then later he comes to the house and says, This is where mommy and daddy lived. Right. So Yeah, so clearly they didn't die from falling down the stairs and then a heart attack or whatever, you know, like
0: No, killing himself. No,
2: or killing himself. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like clearly that didn't happen that way. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: So um so then there's this weird, uh, there's this weird kind of back and forth where you're you're following the story of the Hellman uh, clan, and then you're also following Ray Smiley around, and he's dealing obviously with something very bizarre. Like he keeps hearing these like droning voices in his head, and uh, I I actually took out my because it sounded like it was speaking backwards. Mm-hmm. I took out my Snapchat and recorded it, and then tried to play it backwards. Do the uh, yeah the reverse thing. I think that's what it is. I think it's backwards, but it was so like uh airy and whispery that you really can't tell. Gotcha. So I wonder if there's some place you could find where they were actually saying. I don't know. But then there were other times where it sounded like it could be Latin, so I have no idea. Um but
2: uh biblical that would make sense.
0: So he's being he's being driven by this like unseen force and it he's kind of just completely succumbed to it.
2: Did he did his character did he strike you as maybe having some sort of mental I was thinking like uh, sk- schizophrenia or
0: something because like that because the way
2: he talks, it, it was like it was like he didn't have the mental capacity of an adult.
0: Yeah, yeah, I picked that. Yeah, you know, like, I, don't know I don't know, I don't know if it would
2: be something like a uh, like a spectrum thing or a, or something else. Like, right, there was something cognitive, cognitively, cognitive, cognitively,
0: cognitively. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it
2: sounded wrong when I was saying it. Yeah. Um. There. It sounded like there was something at least a little off with him because he clearly was not like a well-adjusted adult.
0: Right. Um, and he, like you said, he like even the way he would talk was kind of like a like a child a little bit. And mm-hmm. then when
2: he Man, when he had certain mannerisms, certain too. mannerisms
0: yeah. like especially toward the end where he's using the gun and like the the way he picks it up and looks at it, and then even like after it runs out of bullets and he's like shaking it because yep. c- he doesn't know how a gun well, actually works. The you one know?
2: that got me is when he because eventually he shows up to the house, right? And he wants to come in. He goes, "I needed to come home. This is where mommy and daddy lived." And Ethan Embry basically kicks him out of the house, mm-hmm. his daughter and his wife get pissed at him because you're supposed to treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, <laughs> that some part... fucking weird dude came to the door and is talking to my daughter. Yeah, I'd be kicking him out too. It, it, like... Yeah, that
0: part pissed me off. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. this weird guy, oh god, what is wrong with me tonight? This weird guy <laughs> comes to your door and, <laughs> and dad gets rid of him and then all of a sudden the mom and the daughter are both just like you didn't have to do that that was so mean i'm and he's like just what like, are you gonna invite this guy into your house are yeah, you crazy
2: yeah but like but the thing is, is when he's at the door though he's like playing with his hands like he's like, like said it's the mannerisms that he has mm-hmm. like he's like it's like this nervous sort of not i don't know just not like you know not as if me and you are doing it you know what i'm saying right
0: well, um, I definitely also like I feel like there was, you know, schizophrenia or something going on it, Sure. cuz even even the even the idea of what was happening with the the demon voices and stuff like that, that's all stuff that that could have been just hallucinations.
2: Could very well have been,
0: you know. Mhm. And maybe what uh maybe what Jesse was experiencing maybe that was real. Like, maybe he actually was hearing the voices that were compelling him to paint, or maybe that was just done for our benefit to convey that there was some weird connection between him and Ray Smiley. You know what I mean? Yes. Because essentially what essentially what starts happening is uh, Ray Smiley starts going out and he, he basically says that he needs to collect children because children are the devil's candy. Yep. And he needs to go out and kill kids and, and, you know, sacrifice them to the devil. And uh, you kind of start to think... Like, uh, the first impression that you get when Jesse starts hearing these weird voices or or whether or not he's hearing them, who knows. But when he's compelled to paint these pictures, you think he's starting to crack, too. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's going to go crazy and kill his family eventually. But it was actually a lot more... I I feel like... I feel like whereas the devil was, was working through Ray Smiley, if you want to look at it that way, it was more like God was working through but then why did he, Jesse Helman. Then why did he paint the
2: upside-down cross, if that was the case?
0: Because after he painted that cross, he started to hear those voices, and they took him up to... Um, Zoe's bedroom mm-hmm. and he peeled back the ghost <laughs> it was the ghost band yep. uh poster. Um, poster and there was the the print on the wall of the of the cross so that think, was there so you
2: think that he was so you think you think that Jesse was being channeled by God uh and uh Ray was being channeled by the devil and this is just a classic story of good versus evil
0: I don't know like I said it's kind of, I'm I'm kind of up in the air it's it's either that or Ray was just ray was just dealing with severe mental issues and for some reason jesse was connected to him in some way
2: Hmm. yeah that's interesting i i think that um i don't know i think it's i think it's safe to say that that ray i think that he was i think that the whole devil thing wasn't necessarily just in his head i think that was i think that was a thing okay i think that the house had something to do with something yeah um but yeah, no, I, 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 think that's a good, I think that's a good way of looking at. It. I never put together the fact that maybe that like, that God was channeling through, was channeling through Jesse in a way. Um, but that would make sense.
0: Well, the thing that really, I guess, the thing that really made that idea stand out to me, and I'm, I'm I apologize, I'm gonna skip like right to the end here. Um, so spoilers if you haven't seen this. Yeah. But the very last scene, where all of this shit just went down uh the family is in like you know they've they've all been injured they've all been they've all gone through this really horrific event and then all of a sudden uh Jesse gets up and starts to walk away and you think he's probably heading toward the pole barn again to start yeah. painting like he has every other time he's been struck struck with this like uh, with this trance or whatever but instead he walks out into the middle of a field and starts digging up the earth and finds suitcases where
2: he was like drawn right to them right too. he like was he drawn right exactly to him the and
0: then and then Ray, uh, like he digs him up and he looks and then he turns his face up toward the sky, and the sun is shining down on him, and he looks i mean he looks like Jesus, yeah, when he's sitting there with the sunbeam shining down on him, and he's looking up toward heaven.
2: Yeah, and there's something else I didn't even they didn't even put two and two together. There's a giant cross right on the front door of their house. Yeah, the big red cross that they show him the very first time you see him enter the house is it's him walking from the back and his face is right up in the middle of that cross before that door opens. Right, I think you're absolutely right on the money. Think so I think that you are right on the money, mm-hmm. but they do it in a way that still keeps this really dark atmosphere in the movie, right. which I think is great. You mm-hmm. know, like it's gritty, like it's kind of gross and sweaty and like. Yeah. And just he's muscular just... and six packs and
0: <laughs> like he never Ugh. like he never washes himself, so his arms are just always covered in paint and stuff and like he just looks he looks gross. But I, I, but like I said, reek. by the end like <laughs> by the end, like if you think about the symbolism of, of Jesus and Jesus is always portrayed as having the, the hole in his side, the oh, spear in yeah. his side. Yeah. And Jesse gets shot right there, right in oh, the side.
2: Just on the chest.
0: Oh um, his shoulder.
2: It came out the back of his shoulder.
0: I think it was I think it went kind of like that, didn't it? Mm, or no, he was running away from Ray at the time and Ray kind of shot him. I think it like entered from the back by his scapula and came out down by his ribs. So he had Maybe. it looked like he, well, either yeah, way, he yeah. had like the blood running down his side, you know. Sure. And then the fact that he looks exactly like Jesus, I, uh, I feel true. like that's significant. I never really even, I
2: never even really put those those things together, but I think you're 100% right. Jesus mm. was a metalhead.
0: Mhm.
2: Nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, one of the things that I <laughs> just one of the uh, like the 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 sh- like first things I picked up on when they're they're driving to the house to see it for the first time, I thought to myself, because they put on a metal song and he's like tapping his hand on the steering wheel, and I thought, there's nothing more metal than tapping your hand on the one and three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. You're playing a metal head. Get on the two and four, you idiot. Jeez.
2: Um, and th- 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 there's one thing that I thought too and it quickly went through my head. I'm like, I think this movie is one hundred and ten percent connected to the Exorcist series. Why did you pick up the little Easter egg that was in it? When uh, when Ray so. is in, so Ray gets a room at a motel mm-hmm. uh, after he kills his pa- after he kills his mom and, yeah. and dad presumably, and uh, when he brings one of the kids back. Uh, actually, I think it might be Zoe. He break, He ends up breaking into the to the Hellman's house. we got to talk about that scene, kidnaps, by the way. And kidnaps Zoe. Yeah. Because he's trying to get to her. He, she's, well, he um, doesn't
0: kidnap her right then. He takes her from school.
2: Takes her from school, yeah. But like when he kidnaps her, though, he brings her back to his motel, and he's going to kill her. She's mm-hmm. duct taped in the other room. He's getting himself ready. On the TV, he's always watching either like uh, televangelists mm-hmm. or something like that, or one of the times it showed a statue of... From oh. a while back, and it was Pazuzu.
0: Yeah,
2: it was the actual Pazuzu statue. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself that that is perfectly in line with this whole possession aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then like you have like the in, in The Exorcist, you have the priests that are trying to you know it's the same exact story sort of. Mm. And I I I still mm. yeah I think that you're.
0: I mean, it never manifests as.
2: It never, it never, it no, never
0: fully manifests as a possession though. It's no, like, but like I being, said, it could be, but it he's could be being a possession.
2: He's being possessed to kill the girls. Yeah. I don't think that he was a murderer on his own accord. Yeah. You know, and I think that he was more but though. Do
0: you think he was possessed his entire life then? Because that they did say that he did the same thing to a girl when he was 12 years old and she was nine years old. It's possible. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah and then it and then it sounded like by what his mom said to him, it sounded like he had spent quite a few years in like a psychiatric yeah. ward or something like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: I think it's absolutely possible. I think that that little Pazuzu Easter egg, though is is not only just an Easter egg, but I think that it it fits the narrative of what's going on in the story, right. I think at least. Um, so I thought, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, the, yeah, we we got to talk about that scene where he kidnaps her
0: not where he kidnaps or her where when he first be... comes in so uh so creepy so creepy so obviously he knows where the house is because he used to live there and he several times throughout the movie he drives out to their property but then there's this, this there's this one time where um jesse keeps like waking up in the middle of the night or like or, or it might be the middle of the day but all of a sudden he's like called out to the pole, pole barn to mm. start painting things and he wakes up in the middle of the night. And their house is all locked up, but he walks out and doesn't lock the door behind him. And then he finishes painting. And then what I thought it was going to be was him climbing into bed with Zoe, just because like I don't know, like he's feeling protective of her or something. He's freaked out by what's going on. He was just going to go like lay in bed and watch over her. But then you see this, you see the bed start to move, and then all of a sudden Ray climbs up and lays down next to her, oh, and he's talking. So creepy. He's talking to her like he sets his hand on her face and he says. Uh, you know, he he wanted it to be you, but I wouldn't let it be you. And you're special, and blah blah blah. And her reaction when she wakes up is incredible because, um, like, he's just laying there staring at her, and then she slowly like opens her eyes, and you can tell she's kind of just groggy at first, and then her eyes just get huge, and he gets this look on his face, like I can't tell if it's a smile or what. He, like he just kind of goes. With his mouth, like, opens his mouth really wide. And then she starts screaming, and he grabs her. He's like, please don't scream, please don't scream. And it seems like he's, like, like, like he's just trying to get her to calm down because he doesn't want to hurt her. But then he's like, if I let you go, are you going to be quiet? She says yes. And then, of course, yes, she, she, then of course she starts screaming immediately. And that whole scene just oh it, man it, it was so you, creepy it, and it's so especially if you have tense. kids
2: which I don't but like, like you having kids mm. I'm sure that scene hit you like a sledgehammer oh, because dude. you're just like oh my god because like, you're you're picturing that happening to your kids like well, some crazy the idea, maniacal
0: dude like the idea of somebody coming into your house and being around your children without you knowing it is like the ultimate sure like the ultimate insult insult to you as a protector you know what I mean sure. it's oh man that whole scene just gave me the,
2: the gave me the willies man yep and I, I have it in my notes here. Like Pruitt crawling into bed with her is the scariest scene in this entire movie. Because mm-hmm. it really is. Like that yep. that is absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. And he's and he plays it so incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Like as an actor. Like he I don't I don't I don't know what happened in his own personal life that that, <laughs> <coughs> that makes it to where he can channel that kind of creep factor. Yeah. But Ooh. I thought I thought for sure too. I'm like, this guy looks Super, super familiar in uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where I knew him from, and I thought I had it nailed, mm-hmm. and I thought that it was the weirdest thing ever. I thought that he was the Friar from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, because he kind of looks like him a little bit. If you can picture.
0: Did you the find fryer. out who that is though? Because I can. Him. It's who, not him. It's who a different is actor.
2: It? Uh, I didn't write his name down. Oh, but he. Well, not Borden. It wasn't him. But I'm, I'm thinking to myself. That that would be crazy to see him from those two different roles. He's mm-hmm. playing a priest in one, and then this crazy child, you know, killer in another one. It's just it's a weird, just a, just a, a weird <laughs> juxtaposition. Two different, two different roles he's playing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, though. Uh... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, this bubbly is stuck in my throat.
0: <laughs> it's a little bit bubbly. A
2: Little bubbly. Um. So they he ends up going back to the house, and this is where the the firefight, no pun intended, uh, starts, and uh, and Jesse gets shot. You think he's dead mm-hmm. at first. You legitimately think that he's dead. Uh, uh, Jesse um, uh, Ray comes in, kidnaps Zoe again for a second time, mm-hmm. also shoots the mom. Uh, shoots what's her name, uh, Astrid or Astrid, as you, as you <laughs>
0: said it. It's from the office. Oh yeah, sorry. Oh. I would I wouldn't know.
2: Um, But anyway, so so they're both shot. He has her again, and he ends up taking her upstairs. And while doing so, though, he's lighting the house on fire. Mm -hmm. So they're all going to go out in a blaze of glory, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I loved, loved, loved this ending. I also hated, hated, hated this ending. Why? Um, I loved it because story-wise, I thought it was really cool. You Mm -hmm. know, like, he wants to kill himself and her, so they're both going to die. That way, you know...
0: He can can end his... uh, And serve him at the same time, sort of, yeah.
2: Um however Jesse's not going to let this happen. He gets up like a fucking champ after getting shot <laughs> in the chest.
0: I lot uh, he wakes up and he just goes, "Where is she?" Yeah, he's, he's like, like "What
2: oh, a badass." God. Um <laughs> <clears throat> this is what pissed me off about it. They're upstairs. The entire top part of the house is completely on fire. Mm-hmm. There is zero smoke.
0: Entirely a flame. Yeah, they zero would zero they smoke. They'd be dead like, from smoke inhalation. They were like breathing, like, like,
2: like, she's trying oh, yeah. to jump across the flames. One part, and she's like, and she's like composing herself and catching her breath. You can see that she's taking deep breaths to calm. Like, you, right. you wouldn't be doing that right. at all. <laughs> like that smoke inhalation would have killed you ten minutes ago.
0: Yeah. Um, Suspension of disbelief. Yeah,
2: but that kind of thing though, usually they get right. Like uh, most of the time, well, and this that, movie was blatantly wrong.
0: And then, it. and then the part where the uh, the entire gas can goes up and there's we a debated huge... this
2: on another on a past episode. That plastic gas can would not have exploded.
0: Uh, well, the the fumes the the fumes would ignite, and I, I it
2: would, We we talked about this on, on, on the thing, and you I thought that it would. You proved me wrong that it wouldn't. A, pl- a plastic gas can will not explode like that. It would have ignited made the fire bigger in like a burst, maybe a little bit, but it would not have exploded the way that it showed it.
0: Yeah. Well, here here's here's what I'm thinking is if the entire place is aflame. Yeah. And, you know, obviously the fumes from the gas are eking out of the, the top of the canister, I think that it I think that it might explode just because of the internal, because he poured a lot of it out. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the what was inside of the gas can would be mostly fumes. There might have been a little bit of gas left.
2: Well, fine. Even if that was the case, it wouldn't have been as big. No, of an explosion. It probably wouldn't have been, been that big so. of an explosion.
0: No matter how you slice Why it? didn't they all die just then? That was a huge explosion. I don't know
2: because he was Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he can walk on fire. That's, that's true. Why. <laughs>
0: that is true. Before we get to the before we like really wrap this up, we got to talk about um about the uh the guy from belial because if you're if you're oh
2: oh if yeah, you're, yeah
0: if you're working this into the the idea of maybe this is actually a, a battle between satan and god and it's kind of coming to a head through these two mortal beings on earth belial first of all is another name for the devil basically is it it's uh
2: i believe it's the devil yeah
0: yeah what's i, I can't hey jay yeah. Can you look up the definition of belial? It's B E L I A L.
2: The the, the weird it's, thing is, it's like, like
0: the wicked one or something like yeah, that.
2: Yeah. So he goes to this is basically an art gallery, and he wants to be represented by the owner of the gallery. Right. right? It basically is what it is. Mm-hmm. And he's been passed by a number of times. Mm-hmm. And when he paints that first upside down cross, he realizes, I don't know what this was. It flowed through me. Please look at this. This is like my masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Like I have something to offer now. And they immediately take him in. Right. However. That art gallery that he goes to does not look right. It's very, like fantastical and it's very like like layer of the devil kind of
0: exactly look. it was and
2: the girl there she has the the pointed fingernails she, and she does not look like she's dressed like a normal human being that would work at an art gallery right like, and
0: she's got like the the mascara wings on her eyes are like super sharp points like yeah. some somebody brought up she may as well have been wearing devil horns. yeah, you know what I yes, mean? yeah uh, what what do you got? All right, so Belial.
1: All right, it's a term occurring in the Hebrew Bible which later became personified as the devil in Jewish and Christian texts. So
0: there so there you go. First, first of all, it's got this really surreal feeling within within that place. Surreal, thank you. Yeah. It was... so, so it it, it kind of gives off this otherworldly vibe. And then when um uh, what was uh Tony Amendola's uh Leonard, when Leonard comes to talk to him at his house, he keeps he keeps talking to him about um sacrifice. Sacrifice and he keeps trying to tempt him mm-hmm. by staying and like you know like we've been he tells him that right now we're he, first of all total power move he brought his own decanter full of cognac and it's the oldest what did he say it was the oldest non non blended cognac in the world
2: which means it's like as old as the devil and it was
0: called <laughs> and it was called the blood of the earth he's like we're sharing the blood of the earth and he keeps trying to tempt him to stay and uh but jesus is like nay but jesus is like no I, <laughs> I i i have to go like i can't be late this time i have to and he's like oh well you know that's the interesting thing about uh success is like sometimes sometimes you have to make the sacrifices to so it's all it's, it's all like selling, really
2: it's like selling your soul for exactly it's like the rolling stones
0: yeah yes
2: what are you talking about? you ever heard that theory that the that oh the, every
0: <laughs> there's a theory like that for every huge musician? <laughs> Did they what's their actual theory though?
2: They, just, they sold their soul to the no. devil for whatever. No. no. Why why do you think Keith Richards is still alive?
0: Oh, that makes <laughs> sense because <laughs> he he basically is the Walking Dead at this point. But there's no reason he should be alive. Um. So yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was yeah, just no. it was just another example of how it seemed like this was there was definitely some sort of ec- is it possible
2: um, is it possible that he never actually went into the art gallery and that, that wasn't that wasn't even real because it shows him pulling up to the art gallery
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then he's in his car and he looks like he's like kind of freaking out about it is it possible that that everything after that just kind of played out in his own head and that, that wasn't even real and that was just the devil tempting him it's definitely possible
0: yeah. You know. Cuz like you said like the, the the entire feeling of the movie for that 4 minutes from that scene changed entirely. Yep. Yep. It was like you were in a different movie. That's what I'm saying. And like yeah. him his grungy metal self inside that place looked so out of place. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Like I said this movie is it's open to interpretation. If you read around on the internet, there's a lot of different interpretations of it. Yeah. But this yeah, is the one that I like the best. It's
2: good. I like it a lot. Like um like I said, I, I like to think that um just as my my final thoughts here, mm-hmm. I like to think that this is um the same character that as Mark from Empire Records. hmm Grown up because Mark loved metal, loved guar <laughs> so he grew up to be a metalhead. Hey, Mark, you should join our band. <laughs> that's how I like to view this: is that this is the the spiritual sequel to Empire Records. Yeah, I can get down with story.
0: Yeah, I can get down with that. <laughs> Changed his name to Jesse Hellman. He was eating too many of those brownies, and that, yeah. that's
2: how this whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like
0: that. That's good.
2: Um, oh my God, his last name is Hellman. Yeah. I never even, I never even realized. What the I, hell, I man! I said that
0: right at the I beginning, know, and you the, even said, "What the hell, man?" Yeah,
2: well, I wasn't <laughs> thinking of that way. Like I wasn't even thinking of the implications of that name with
1: with the character, mm-hmm. or with your name. What the heck, man? What what the heck,
0: indeed. Oh no! Now everybody knows your last name. <laughs> They're gonna dox you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, anyway yeah. this this movie is on uh, Netflix. Netflix and uh, both these movies. Are both on of us. Uh, both of us would definitely recommend it. A hundred percent. It's only an hour and nineteen minutes long too. It's a quick watch. So yeah. why not? What the fuck? <laughs> I quit. I quit this stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with me? I don't even need to make
2: fun of you anymore because you're catching yourself. I just it yourself do it myself. Now. It's awful. God. All right. Uh, so next up, we have Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, this is from 2019, the year of our Lord, and uh, directed by a guy named Dan Gilroy, uh, who directed Nightcrawler, which mm-hmm. was a, uh, a really successful movie in its own right. it was really well received. It was, mm-hmm. you know, people loved it.
0: I didn't. Did you see Nightcrawler? No. Um, he also <laughs>
2: he also wrote uh, Nightcrawler, uh, uh, Kong, Skull Island. Mm-hmm. He was one of the screenwriters and the Born Legacy. And the Born
0: Legacy guys
2: all over the place as far as his uh, genres are concerned.
0: There's one that I'm waiting for you to bring up. That are you not going to? He was uh, uh, Free Jack. Free Jack. <laughs> he
2: wrote Free Jack. <laughs> no,
0: he he wrote the. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't that you didn't know this because you were you the idea of it you love so much. He no, wrote no no
2: no no no. I... He wrote. I know what you're getting at. I was gonna bring this up later.
0: Oh, but yes,
2: he was. He he wrote Superman Lives.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Nicolas Cage Superman movie. Yes. Yikes.
2: And actually, this movie is a direct result of that movie.
0: Of it failing. Yes. Right.
2: You did you read about this too? Read right. the same thing a that little I did? bit. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is actually a fantastic anecdote to take out of this movie. Yeah, definitely. It really, really is. Outside of what this movie is. The subtext, I actually think, is is amazing.
0: So, because we're being vague, why don't you just explain it real quick?
2: Okay, so uh, the 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 synopsis of the movie. Let's let's start there. Let's, let's start with no. the.
0: Just explain that part because we're being vague about it. The fact that this movie was born out of oh well, the... Superman
2: lives. Superman lives was the Nicolas Cage starring Superman movie that mm-hmm. never, that never was. Mm-hmm. It got almost to where they were shooting, and then the plug got pulled, and that was that. Um, Dan Gilroy spent a lot of a uh, lot of years writing the script or whatever working on working on the project and then it was just pulled out from underneath him and he he basically had this this notion that what is the point of doing all of this if nobody's going to see it. Right. And he and he had to basically take a, a he had to step away from his own work and recenter himself to where the work was for him not for everybody else anymore. And the the, the character of
0: Nothing. It's in, I'm just taking note because oh. something you just said is really interesting.
2: The character, the character of that uh, John Malkovich plays, mm-hmm. is actually sort of more him. I think. Okay. That's actually, in my opinion, I think that was more of a self reflection because he's the only one at the very end that actually finds what he wants. Right. So, um, but yeah, I don't know what you were taking note of, but make sure
0: you I, I bring will, it up. Later. I will try and come back to it. No promises, but <laughs> okay. So uh, a supernatural force. Sets out to exact revenge against art profit, profiteers attempting to exploit a series of paintings by an unknown artist. That's
2: essentially it. It's yeah. pretty good.
0: It's a pretty good The pretty supernatural good force is the unknown artist.
2: So uh, you have Jake
0: Gyllenhaal. Oh, by the way, mm. 2019 yes. spoilers. We're going to talk about all the spoilers. Oh, yeah. So oh, if you yeah. haven't seen it, don't listen to this.
2: All of the Go spoilers. Go watch it and come back. we even going to talk about the dragon.
0: Yep. Fairly worn be ye, says I. <laughs>
2: Yes. Uh, so you have Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays uh, the main character. His name is Mort Vandewalt. Which is the Morph. Which is the greatest name ever. It's also the the, the name of my favorite X-Men character ever.
0: Morph. Oh, yeah.
2: I don't even know who that is. Uh, he died in the first episode <clears throat> of the X-Men cartoon.
0: Oh, yeah. So he's such a cool X-Man.
2: But then they brought him back on Mr. Sinister's Island in, like, the third season, and it was fucking
0: fantastic. All right. <laughs> such a dork. Um... <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> then you have uh, Renee Russo fucking Renee Russo awesome yeah, she's so good
0: well she's actually married to uh, Gilroy to, oh really uh, to, to, to what the hell is his name Tim Dan Sorry, Dan Gilroy Dan. Yeah. Tim <laughs> Tim Gary yeah so a little bit of nepotism there mm-hmm. no not really because she um, was great in this no, movie no
2: she's great in everything but mm-hmm. she plays uh, Rhonda, Rhonda Hayes Then mm-hmm. uh, you have Zoe Ashton who plays Josefina who could not fucking stand her character really oh I just thought she was a terrible actress
1: Honestly.
0: I don't think she was a terrible uh, actress. I, I, I didn't like her at all. Eh,
2: well. Um And then you have uh, who got? Natalie Dyer, who plays Coco. Natalie Dyer, you would Natalia. know. Natalia. Uh, uh, you would know her from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays, um, is it Will's sister?
0: Yeah, she's a... Uh, yeah, Will's sister. Uh, no. damn it, why can't I? No, uh, no, no.
2: No. Will? No.
0: No. <laughs> <We've seen laughs> Mike, Mike's sister. Mike's sister, that's it. Yeah. I can't think of what her name Natalie is,
2: Natalie Dyer's weird. Like, she's...
0: Natalia, I, I, I'm gonna, what's I'm wrong keep, with you? I'm gonna
2: keep calling her Natalie. Just get over it.
0: Nancy Wheeler, that's her uh, stupid Nancy name. Nancy, yeah, <clears throat> <laughs> that's her <a> stupid <laughs> name.
2: Um, she is like, she is super. I'm not gonna give her the uh, the uh, thing because she's like younger. Like she's she's 22 years old. She's fine, but like, she's <laughs> she. <laughs> it's, I sound like a creep. I'm just she's, trying. To... <laughs> she's fine, but
0: I'm not gonna say she's fine. But she is fine. <laughs> no, <it's> not...
2: <laughs> She has a different. She has like a different like like air to her. She's cute. Like, I think she's, she's super cute. cute. Yeah. yeah, she's just super super cute. Yeah. Like, oh I
0: man, I felt so bad for her in this movie.
2: Um, I did, I did, but I didn't, and I Why? have a reason for it. Well, because okay. her character ends up coming up smelling like roses, and it and and there's a I got out of it something maybe that you didn't. Okay.
0: Um, we'll get there. We'll get
2: we'll get there. Just yeah. Remind me of that. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Natalia Dyer uh plays Coco, um. You have uh, uh John Malkovich who plays Piers. Uh and then you have a couple little cameos that I was very excited to
0: see. Well, don't say uh, Tony Collette. Tony Collette, yep. Tony Collette plays not, Gretchen. That's not a
2: cameo, but uh, yeah, she's in it.
0: And then uh Tom Sturridge, which I'm not too familiar with him, but uh but apparently he is he's quite quite a a, a piece of eye candy over in in Europe. Oh. So oh, really? he plays John Dandan. <laughs> I love that name. John Don Don,
2: John Don Don. Um, so yeah, I talk about a couple cameos here. You have uh, Pat Healy, who uh, I saw him. I go, oh, hi, hey Pat. He Pat Healy was one of the leads in that. Um, fuck, what was it called? Uh, game, not game night. It was that movie. with It was him and the other dude. Where the uh, the rich guy basically says, "One of you guys do this, and I will." Oh, give you it was the an bite. Ethan Emery movie. Yeah, yeah. Was, oh, it, it was, um, um, I can't remember what it was called though. Um uh, it was so good. Cheap Thrills. Cheap Thrills, yeah. yeah. Great movie. Check that out, Pat Healy. He's a tiny little cameo in this. He's just, um, he's, a, he's the man from Perlac, and it's like, <laughs> he literally has a 30-second role in this, but he's great. And then also, you have Stephen fucking Williams, who plays the janitor at the VA, at the VA uh, hospital.
0: Mm, why can't I think of who that he, is? He,
2: he was the dude, when uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was going to find information on the guy, he went to the old uh
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You know who that is, right? Yeah. No.
2: Creighton Duke. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh my God! <laughs> yes, sir. I saw that and I go, Oh my god, that's Creighton Duke. Creighton I, Duke
0: from uh from Jason from Goes Jason to Jason Hell Jason Goes to Hell, yeah. And I looked up, oh, sure shit. There wow. he was. No way. Yep.
2: Very so cool. he played the uh he played the janitor in the one scene.
0: Okay.
2: So uh pretty cool. I, just, I like cameos like that. I like when you know, people that you've seen elsewhere show up in tiny roles,
0: and then also to also to tie in another because uh, str- that's what a cameo is. Yeah, of course. <laughs> also to tie in another uh, Stranger Things um, reference, the 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 statue of the Homo Man mm-hmm. is played by Mark Steger, who plays the uh, the Demigorgon. Oh, really? In Stranger Things, nice. yeah,
2: nice.
0: So anyway, that's that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much all you need to know about the cast. Yeah uh what else uh
2: so this is a weird movie so this this flick i mentioned this when we when we first started it didn't seem like a horror movie at first and i was watching it and we got about i got about 30 minutes into the movie and and i I remember thinking to myself have i made a huge mistake like is this not a horror movie (laughs) like oh shit like it says horror, but is it not? Like it's it's definitely a drama, but it was like a art house drama. No pun intended. Like, but it, <laughs> but, it, but it kind of kind of was though, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, did we make a huge mistake here? And then it starts to get into the darkness. And the second the second uh, act of the movie, yeah. is awesome. Like it's it it gets a lot darker, but not super dark.
0: It it always it it's always very gets...
2: tongue in cheek. The whole yeah, thing,
0: yeah. It always gets dark and then goes back to sort of the, because a lot of it, it's I would say it's uh, pretty satirical.
2: It's an absolutely satirical, Be- yeah. Oh, because it's-
0: because they're dealing with the basically the L.A. contemporary art scene, which I I'm not super familiar with the L.A. contemporary art scene, but I can imagine what it's like, and I, I'm guessing that although. Although these characters are a little overblown, I'm They're sure. Probably not. Dan Gilroy said that most of them were like amalgamations of people he's actually met in the contemporary art scene. Yep. So, well, my very first note should sum this up.
2: My very first note is: Jalen Hall is everything I hate in art douche types. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, perfect. But
2: he, but, but, and that was before I realized, though, that this was a satire, mm-hmm. and I thought that he was actually playing that character straight, and I believed it because that's how people in the art world are. Yeah. Oh my God. This square. It's just a square. But it's up on its side. Oh, it's mesmerizing. Like that's how they are. It's about the duality of man. It's crazy yeah. that these people exist and, and I said I didn't realize it was satire. Like I thought he was literally playing like, like a
0: let, real character. Let's get something straight. We like art. Like sure. we we love we love going to museums. I could look at art all day long. I think it's great. Uh, modern art, not so much because it's basically just a bunch of junk piled together. But modern art is just <laughs> a bunch of buckets. But, e- but even, <laughs> but like contemporary right? art, I like contemporary art. Yeah. But this is like, this is this is a great look at like how behind the scenes go and the people who are really involved with this side of the art world. And like like we said, they're probably a little blown out of proportion in this movie. But I've met people similar to this before who, like, like. Basic, basically what Gyllenhaal was in this movie is he was the hype man who everybody just fell at his feet and took him for his word when there was a good piece of art. A good quote-unquote piece of art. And then if he said that it wasn't a good piece of art, then everybody said, "Oh yeah, that's trash." He
2: was he was basically the art art world version of Gordon Ramsay, only way douchier. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, because if, if Gordon Ramsay comes to your restaurant and gives you a glowing review, you're set. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you're set.
0: Right.
1: That doesn't happen though. No, I'm. I'm but just. The, saying. But the, different, but the <laughs> difference different. I've seen is,
0: those shows. <laughs> the difference is, is that. Is that with, with food, if Gordon Ramsay comes into your restaurant and says you have good food, then you probably do have really good food. Yeah. With art, it's all subjective. Well, so I'm just if this, saying, though, if this he's, guy a, says, he's that
2: kind of an influence factor, though. Well, because
0: there was actually a part in this movie where uh, Josefina says, I want you to go to my ex's show and give him a bad review and everybody will listen to you. So everybody listened to him and he that guy. Crushed the guy. Yeah, and that guy ended up dying as a result of like basically the... the this this crushing uh critique that he got from Hall's character and uh that just like that to me was telling it's like it's i'm trying i'm trying to think of like the best way like think about um um crap why can't a uh, van gogh yeah or in the art world van gogh <laughs> he was he was a hack right when he was he hacked his ear off well yeah he hacked his <laughs> ear off but he was a hack yeah. Nobody nobody thought that his paintings were any good until he died. And then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh my god, he's a visionary." Yeah. That's why like like I said it's all subjective and the people who review art and like and and make make it blow up inside like I'm not being very eloquent right now because I don't know exactly how to verbalize what I'm trying to say. No, I get what you're saying. But though. there's so good. much bullshit surrounding this side of the art world that I I think it's ridiculous.
2: Sure. Well, that's the thing that being an art critique is sort of like being a weatherman. You don't have to be right. Right. It's literally like you look at something, and go, "Well, this is what I think," and that's it. Right. And if it's wrong, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. because it doesn't change what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, this 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 movie too, it represented um, a lot of like like we were talking about Dan Gilroy, how he basically spent all this time on superman lives and this was kind of like a way for him to show like you know when you look at people's art mm-hmm. don't don't automatically dismiss it because these people have put years and years of their life into this right and for you to come along and just shit on something mm-hmm. or not pay attention to it or not make it it's like uh it, it it's like it's it's soul crushing mm-hmm. to those people that's that's basically what this movie was kind of wrapped up in a horror movie to
0: go back to the thing that you said earlier that i found interesting though because you said uh when dan dan gilroy was so disheartened about um superman lives and he's like well what's the point of working on this if nobody's gonna see it and josephina actually says that yeah. toward the end of the movie she's like what's the point of art if nobody's gonna see it and that's like that's the crux of the whole thing I oh, was yeah. like art is supposed to be for you you know as an artist your this is your this is your your all of your thoughts and everything that's going on in your life spilling out onto the canvas or in the recording studio or into your food if you're a chef you know like it's for you and whether or not it's received well by the public to the artist really doesn't matter that much like if you blow up you blow up if you don't you're probably still gonna paint you know what i mean sure so like the idea of of what's the the point of doing art if nobody's gonna see it well it's still the thing that you're passionate about so
2: at the end of this movie there's a guy that was going to sign with the big company and he ended up walking away from being this huge blow-up star to go back to this little collective Mm -hmm. and basically paint graffiti on walls because it was his art though he walked away from the big stuff because that wasn't what it was about right and that's Exactly what we're talking about. And and that's um, the
0: that's the the dichotomy of the characters in this movie is like the the people who are on the the buyer buyer side of it and the, the critic side of it, all they care about is what's right there in front of them. Whereas the artist side of it because if you if you take uh Damrish who was the, the graffiti artist guy mm-hmm. and Pierce who was uh John Malkovich yep. they were the only two like real people in the movie. You know, the the only two people who didn't have just like bullshit written all over sure. them because they didn't really care about all that. They just wanted to do art and whether or not they were suc- successful was secondary. Sure. You know?
2: Uh okay, so we've talked a lot about the art part of this. Yeah. Let's talk about the horror. Sure, part. why not? Because <laughs> we are a horror podcast. Yeah. Um so basically what happens is uh, uh, this guy dot, guy, that guy lives in the same apartment complex as Josephine uh, passes away. And they're going to go through his apartment and throw everything in it out. She gets lured into his apartment. Per his request. For his request. She gets lured into his apartment by his cat, and mm-hmm. she wants to save the cat. And when she goes in, she works for an art dealership, this huge L.A. art dealer. And she goes in, and she realizes that this dude was a painter. Mm-hmm. And he has all of these canvases just littering the entire... Uh, place all different styles different sizes different everything
0: and there's also there's there's something like mesmerizing about his art almost like supernatural he draws around so right? she
2: ends up stealing all of it from his apartment night, <laughs>
0: like hundreds of paintings bringing
2: it down to her place um and that's basically the movie is like these this this guy after he passed away this guy's art became just huge everybody wanted it. The everybody that commodity. looked at it thought that that This is the greatest thing that they've ever seen Mm -hmm. and the whole movie is basically about them trying to monopolize or not monopolize but monetize off of his off of this guy's art. Right. Um, However, what they don't know about it though is that he painted with his own blood and flesh Mm -hmm. and it was linked to they don't really explain how this happened but it, it was some he was linked to it like he was basically in his art at that point and when they tried to sell it and make all this money off of it and get huge off of it it was like him seeking his revenge on those people well he basically. was
0: also to begin with he was a bad person he was a killer yeah so uh, obviously there was some evil overarching but it of... wasn't
2: just his art though that was doing it it was other people's art too so it was like it was like his spirit sort of was in everything I guess
0: yeah well <gasps> it, it just it, it essentially targeted anybody who tried to profit off of yeah. his his paintings. Yeah, it's like
2: if you looked at it, you became haunted by him. Basically, mm. like if you stared at his paintings long enough, you became haunted by him. But and... the
0: but the people who were just looking at them, nothing bad happened to them. It was, no, anybody, it was people trying to. It was anybody them. who tried to like steal one of the paintings yeah. or sell one of them or anything like that. Yep. Um, uh,
2: and I liked. I thought that um, there's a little bit too much expose maybe sometimes i thought they could have like trimmed maybe 15 minutes off the movie
0: yeah i thought the um, same thing not,
2: not that it was not that it ran long or anything i just felt like it could have flowed better sure um that being said like some of the kills are they're fun like uh the one dude the one dude that gets hung
0: in like the tv area oh yeah john don don
2: john don, don. <laughs> uh like like that was kind of, that was really cool there was uh,
0: my favorite one was uh, the sphere. The sphere. Oh man, <laughs> that was so cool. So there was this there was this artist that everybody was talking about in the beginning of the movie named Minkins, and he basically Minkins. made Minkins. He he basically made this giant silver sphere, but it had holes in it, and depending on what hole you looked in and then reached into, you would experience a different sensation sure. or something like that. And uh, at one point in time, uh, Tony Collette's character. What was her character's name? Gretchen? Yep. Uh, at one point in time, she's she's staying behind at the uh, art exhibit to make sure that everything is on the up and up. So she's there alone. And then she walks over to the sphere and wow. reaches into it. And it grabs her arm and like just starts to saw her arm off. And because there's holes all over the sphere, it just starts spraying blood out of all the holes of the sphere. It was, it was so really, cool. It was really cool. And then she dies and falls to the to the bottom of the sphere. But and she, then... Well,
2: she wasn't dead then. She <laughs> bled out on the ground. She
0: bled out yeah. on the ground, so there's just this huge pool of blood, and she's lying there dead. And when they open the exhibit the next day, people come in, and they think that she's a part of the art installation. So there's kids walking around in the blood because they think it's fake blood, and there's people just like critiquing it, saying it's visionary and stuff yep. like that oh man it was so crazy speaking of
2: that one of my favorite parts of the entire movie that just really just kicks art dudes in the
0: nuts i know what it was
2: is when uh so (laughs) john don don yeah. So John Don Don goes up to John Malkovich's uh, uh, studio. He's trying to get Pierce's Pierce studio. to
0: come to his studio and, instead and of to the other one. They walk
2: up to the second story where it's a, basically it's a whole empty level of this building or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's his, his studio. And he walks in, and John 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 Bonbon is John Don Don or Don Don <laughs> Don's is, uh, is walking behind him, and he walks up to a pile of trash, <laughs> and he just kneels down in front of these garbage bags, and he goes, "Oh my god." this is mesmerizing. <laughs> this is amazing. And, 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 and Pierce, <laughs> Pierce just goes, it's that's, trash. That's not art. <laughs> that's not art, yeah. But th- that that perfectly explains how these guys will literally just bullshit anything exactly. into being art. Exactly.
0: That's it. That's, they're my bullshit artists. Art. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but they will. They will literally bullshit anything into being artistic and being art. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's like I said, it's my bucket thing. At, right. the, at the dia when I was there right it's not art no it's a fucking buckets on the ground that's not <laughs> art I'm sorry um but then he looks at the guy but then he looks at the painting which I actually kind of liked the painting it was very simple and it was whatever didn't it didn't I didn't need to invoke anything i just thought that the red and blue colors were cool <laughs>
0: like that's that's the thing is that like i think most normal <laughs> i guess I, I don't know if i should call us normal people but m- most people who aren't in that side of the uh the art world where they feel like they have to give these like you know the equivalent of a sommelier tasting wine critiques yeah. to art Ugh. like art does what it does like it, you look at some you look at something and you either feel something about it or you don't just leave it at that. Like I don't like I don't feel like we need to have critics who put their tag on it and influence what people think. I feel the same way about fashion. Like you see all these these people walking down the runway wearing the most ridiculous shit you've ever seen mm-hmm. that you'll never actually see in the street. Oh no. Like New York Fashion Week or whatever. And people are just, like, praising these designers that just do this ridiculous stuff. There was a fashion show. And it's like,
2: what the, f- like, what are you talking there about? There was a fashion Stupid. show that I saw one time where it was male models walking down. And they literally, the male models had naked women over their shoulders like scarves. <laughs> and that was the fashion. I'm not kidding you.
0: This is so 2018. <laughs> what
2: the? Like I'm sure it was to prove some point. Yeah, I don't know. But like, like fur or something like that, probably. But like, it mm. was like so stupid.
0: <laughs> it, was a, it was a, it was a commentary on the patriarchy. Oh, you know, oh. women being oppressed and <laughs> being, being worn around like <laughs> scarves. <laughs> oh God, oh, I hate I'm hitting it. everything. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so. Everything that we've said, you know, we've we've made Jake Gyllenhaal's character sound despicable, which he is. He is I, but man he played the shit out of this role though. I thought, I, thought so yeah. I thought he was so good. Yeah. I thought like this is like I honestly, thought that he this...
2: was super annoying at times but then I realized that's exactly what he was supposed to be. Oh yeah, totally. Like, exactly what he yeah. was supposed
0: to be. I but I le- like I I hated the character. I was like as soon as I saw him on screen I was like god I hate that guy. But <laughs> but that's what made it so I said that
2: every time I see Jake
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what made it so good to me. I was no, like I, like him, I was actually. like man he he is playing the hell out of this character. I thought he was great in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And like times when he would kind of break his sort of like uh, his refined character and like slip into a more emotional character but then he would slip right back into the really refined snooty character yeah. like in an instant. Yeah. I thought it was so good.
2: Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was really good. I thought that, like I said, he acted the shit out of that part. He was really, really good. So here, I like Jake Gyllenhaal a lot, actually. There's yeah. some people that really don't like him. No, I don't. I don't I've think, never
0: had an issue with him. I think my wife doesn't like him. If I'm oh, not mistaken, I don't, I don't like your wife, so that's fine. Oh come on, yes uh. you do. So uh, one interesting thing that I I, I read about, uh, so he's got he's he's sort of uh, sexually amb- ambiguous, like you can't really because in the don't, beginning
2: don't assume his sexuality. <laughs> right in the beginning
0: of the movie, he's he's with a man seemingly, yep. and then he's naked some... a lot. in this He movie. is naked, and he's pretty ripped too. Because he, uh, he got really skinny for Nightcrawler. Yeah. Like, his face was so gaunt, but he's pretty ripped in this movie. Um, but, uh, and then later in the movie, he's having a relationship with Zoe, or not Zoe, uh, that's her name in real life, um, Josefina. Josefina, yeah. And uh, Dan Gilroy actually based his sort of sexual ambiguity on uh, stories about... Why shit? Why can't I think of his name now?
2: Her name is Zoe. By the way,
0: Zoe. Zoe
2: was the name of the young daughter in the first movie. Oh yeah, So he is not fucking
0: Zoe. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm mixing things up. Um, Who's he R. Kelly? uh, uh, Charles Charlton Heston. Apparently, stop that. God, don't even say his name. Um, Charlton Heston apparently had a uh, a relationship with um, Richard Pryor of all people. No shit. Yeah, and it was it was later corroborated by uh Richard Pryor's widow. Like after he died she said, yeah, they had they had a relationship.
2: I mean, if you're if your husband wanted to fuck
0: Charlton Heston? Charlton
2: Heston? Absolutely. Right? Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying.
0: Why not? He's Moses for crying out loud. <laughs> 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 the uh 10 commandments weren't the only 10 on him, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> it takes us back whoa. the day when Moses blows us. <laughs> In character form, of, of course. Of course, of course. Well,
2: I mean, come on. Is, is, it, is, it, really that, is it really that far-fetched he was, he was dating a guy named Dick?
0: <laughs> what? Wait, it, oh, Richard, no. Richard Pryor? Oh, Dick, Pri- Dick, Dick Pryor. Pri- <laughs> Dick Pryor. Oh, hey. Isn't Pri- that weird, though? Prior, like, to,
1: prior to what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the hell was that? Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. No, we so an, anyway, he so, yeah. wasn't the only thing he split. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, so anyway, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit of like why, why he decided to go that direction with that character yeah, and kind yeah, of give yeah. him that because he said, like, you know. Like in in movies, you have you have straight people, and you have gay people, and people like You're just but, but you don't ambiguous you don't really, you man. don't you don't really get like a lot of characters who are bisexual. You know what I mean?
2: I feel like that's probably um, indicative to the art world a little bit. You know, too, you have a lot of these just, just kind of like personality types. You know, what I'm saying that like yeah. you have. I don't think that necessarily his character is out of the ordinary. No, right? no, no, by, by any stretch of the imagination. No, not know? at all. No, um, I'm
0: not saying that. I'm just saying Dan Gilroy actually made it a point to say that you don't, you just don't really see characters like that very often in movies. It's either it's either one or the other. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Um, another thing that you don't normally see in movies. Yeah. Uh, that I loved about this is that this was when the movie was over. I was reflecting on it, and. I realized that this movie is just a slasher movie. However, the art was the killer. Sort of. I mean, it wasn't as gratuitous as most slasher movies, but like, that's essentially what it was. Yeah. I thought it was really, really cool. Has there ever ever been something
0: like that before? I don't think so. I mean... I'm
2: sure there's probably been something similar, but like... Off the top of my head, I can't. I can't think of anything that does it. This was a really interesting vehicle for a horror movie mm-hmm. because it wasn't. It didn't have the tone of a horror movie. It didn't have, you know, it didn't have that overall general feeling than most horror movies have, Mm -hmm. and I thought that worked in its favor. Like I said, I went a full half an hour, 45 minutes of this movie without even realizing that this was going to be a horror movie, you know? Um, And even after, even the second act that was more more of the horror-based kind of stuff, the kills and the, the tensions and all that, it still never felt the same way as most horror movies feel, and that in those parts of the movies, right? It was a very different feeling. It was kind of its own beast, and I, and I kind of love that about mm-hmm. it. Um, this is not a perfect movie by any stretch, but I think that it's 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 a welcome breath of fresh air in the genre.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, there's not too many movies like it, and I think based on that alone, it's great. Also, did you know that Velvet Buzzsaw has its origins in? Connell
0: Does it really? Think about it. The velvet buzzsaw. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> is it <laughs> soft like velvet,
2: cuts like a chainsaw?
0: <laughs> Are you being serious? Yes, is that actually yes, where it, it comes from? Yeah, it is. That's funny. That's where
2: that's where the root comes from. In the movie, it was the name of uh, it was the name of Rhonda's old punk band. Yeah. And there's another layer to this movie where basically uh, she came from this whole like punk rock background. And then basically sold out to become a capitalist. Mm-hmm. And it's her past that she ends up dying. And it's her past that ends up killing her. Everybody dies based on their own experiences in this movie, which I think is great. Yeah. And I'm about to ruin something big. So if you really don't want to know something about the end of this movie, stop listening. But I did not see Jake Gyllenhaal dying in this movie. That came out of left field to me. Yeah. I did not see that coming. And
0: out. especially not he wasn't even the last person to die. No. Like I would have expected, you know, he's the main it was, character. It was so definitely he...
2: towards the end of the movie, but but even still, like I thought that he was going to survive. He was set up as that character. He was mm-hmm. like the main character of the movie. He, you don't kill your main character. Right. Holy shit. Natalia, Natalia Dormer.
0: Natalia Dyer.
2: Dyer. <laughs> oh, <No>, Natalie <laughs> Dormer. no Natalia Natalia though her character is the one that comes up smelling like roses and I said this in the beginning that her character was way more important than people like to lead on or that that, that the movie leads on to Mm -hmm. it's because she was the tiny little person that jumped between every single character's life she worked for them all and it was her that ended up being all of their downfalls and I thought that was a very interesting study where it's like
0: why was she their? Because she was the
2: one that heard all of. The, she she looked at the the books and told somebody what was on the books. She oh, overheard yeah. conversations. She she was the, the people that are undervalued are the people that hold the most power.
0: Oh, see, and I thought that was okay. a
2: very interesting. Point I didn't even they think made, of it that way. And she ended up surviving at the very end. I
0: didn't even think of it that way because I, I actually, uh, like I said at the beginning uh, of this movie, I, I said I felt really bad for her, and it's because she kept. She was the one that found the dead bodies every single yeah. time. I was like, oh god, this she poor girl can't get a catch a break.
2: And she wasn't trying to like necessarily play anybody. But no, she, she was... wasn't
0: doing anything insidious. Really, she was just like she was just like like you said. She was just kind of this innocent bystander who would pick up on a couple things and then let somebody know some information because she was always. It's not like she was going, she she wasn't going behind her employers back to go to somebody else. She was being employed by new people every time. And and, and then she was using what she knew
2: to help those people. She was being loyal to whoever was. Yeah.
0: And I didn't even think about it like that. That's crazy. But
2: like, like, yeah, all these people got so big and so their lives were so big and overblown that it was their downfall. Mm -hmm. They could, it's almost like their, their weight is what crushed them. Right. Because they were so greedy and they were so, you know, devious and deceitful. And then you have this innocent girl that is just picking up these things, and she's the one that survives.
0: I do still feel bad that she found all the dead bodies, though.
2: I feel bad that she didn't meet me in real life. She's
0: messing I got to bring something up real quick I'll show because, her some uh, art. so in 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 both of these movies, come on, I didn't hear what you said. I'm I said, sorry. I'll show her some art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your, your weird crooked little penis. Um, oh, oh, come on! It's uh, it's it's beautiful. It's about the uh, it's mesmerizing.
2: It's mesmeric. Um, uh, that's trash. So,
0: <laughs> so, in both of these movies, uh, I didn't bring it up during *Devil's Candy*. Uh, um, Stephen. uh oh shit! What what the hell is his name? Stephen Corser. Is that the is that the artist name?
2: Sure. I have no idea what you're talking about. Crap.
0: Uh, I think that was his name. So the artist who actually did the paintings for the movie. Oh, okay. uh, I think his name was Stephen Corser. And he's somebody that I was actually aware of in high school. Because I used to look at... There was this artist in high school that I really loved. His name was Vincent Uh Perrone. He does these really cool, like, weird, dark... Like, dark paintings and and drawings and stuff. And then I came across Stephen... I think his name is Stephen Corser. And then there's this... When I was watching this movie... It, the the paintings reminded me so much of. Have you ever seen the painting called "The Hands Resist Him"? Um, and it's it, like I the the folklore behind it is it's the most haunted painting in history. Do you have a picture of it? Yeah, it's right here. It's um that right there. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that painting? Oh yeah, never seen it before in my life. So the the story <laughs> was like because if you if you really look close at it, you got to get a this isn't a very high definition picture of it but um oh here's here's a good one. So it's like looking at it, it's just super, super spooky. Sure. And like the, the the little kid is really weird in it. he's got this weird doll sitting next to him. And then behind him in the window, there's all, all these, these hands. hands. Yeah. And look at that art, though. Doesn't that look exactly like the paintings from the movie? Yeah, it does. That that it's was very, done, very similar. That was done by a guy named Bill Stoneham. And I'm trying to find whether or not he was actually the artist who did the the paintings for the movie. Because he, he's he's had sort of a revival in his career because the folklore behind that painting went so viral that people were like, oh, my God, this painting is killing people. And then he finally came out and said, no, no, I, I did that painting. I did it in like 1978 or something. It's not a haunted painting. It's just a painting. And then he ended up doing two subsequent uh, paintings as like sequels to that one. And they're they're all really cool. But they all have that same style. And they look they look a lot like the art style in the movie. Hmm. So I was trying to find out if he was actually the guy behind the art in the movie. Because they did they did commission different artists to do all the original artwork for the movie. That's cool. So
2: I um I really want to go to the DIA now.
0: Why? What do you mean why? Oh I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, We're talking I, about art. I want to go look. Oh some yeah, fucking I, art now. oh yeah, that'd be great. I thought maybe like there was some some cool like haunted painting there right now or something. Buzzkill road trip.
2: Yeah. Bring our ladies. Mm-hmm. Get some lunch.
0: The Velvet Buzzkill. Have some ooh. ooh
2: velvet buzzkill. Why didn't we call that the episode
0: name? Oh, we should have. Damn it. Damn. Yeah. Oh, too, too late now. Technically, I suppose. Yeah. But, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, is there anything else about this movie? That's it. Renee Russo's kill was really cool at the end. I like that.
2: Yeah. There's one kill that I'm not even going to mention because it was my, and honestly, probably my favorite kill of of the movie. Which one? Josephine's death. Oh, I'm not yeah. even gonna get into how it is. Nope. It's a really, really cool way that they did yeah. it. And um yeah, I just I just thought it was fantastic. I yeah. thought it was good.
0: Yep, it was really cool. I okay. highly recommend
2: this movie to pretty much everybody. It's um well maybe not everybody, but it's it's like I said, it's a refreshing take on horror. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the same normal typical vehicle that you see horror always in. Right. Um and, and it was good. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely recommend. It. I recommend yep. both these movies. I think they're both.
0: Yeah, fantastic. definitely. And you can find them both on Netflix, so there's no reason not to watch them. Yep, I mm-hmm. agree. So all right, all right. that'll uh, that'll pretty much do it for this week. We're gonna do the Wheel of Pizza Death.
2: We are going to do the Wheel of Pizza Death. One yes. of these days, oh, Mike will build crap. a physical
0: physical nope, copy not, of it.
2: I don't want this. I opened up the wrong thing. What are you doing? I opened up the wrong thing. Oh my god. Sorry.
1: All right, roll this terrible nope, wheel. Nope, that's
2: not it either. What
1: the So he sent me a picture of his uh, design <laughs> of the Wheel of Pizza Death. He's like, is this uh, too big to leave at your studio? It's about the size of a refrigerator. It's like six feet tall. I said, yes, that is too big to leave at the studio. We had, we
2: had an old uh, like roulette wheel at my work for some strange reason. Probably from, from like circus time of the church. I don't know. That's every day. Uh, here we go. All right. Oh,
0: my God. It's just the worst. The Mike. greatest sound ever.
1: I'm going to pull my teeth out right now. I'll be back.
0: <laughs> and it always goes way too long. Still one more? Uh, Ah, here it is. Oh, there it goes. All right, so
2: it's a beer picks the movie episode. We can either do Merman IPA, okay, or we can do the Mighty (laughs) Shores.
0: Oh, all right. So Merman IPA or the Mighty Shores, which is from Shorts Brewery, I believe.
2: Uh, I don't have that written. I think it's from Shorts.
0: So, so basically, Merman will be like
2: uh, mermaids, sirens,
0: mermaids and sirens and stuff, and the Mighty Shores will be
2: animal hybrids.
0: Yeah. Let's um let's do the mighty The shores. Mighty shores. Yeah. Done. Done. Good? Let's do it. Alright, cool. Alright, so we will announce those movies probably uh later in this week yep. on uh Instagram and whatnot. Can't
2: so. wait for Sharkonkey. Shark, Honky. shark Honky. It's The shark and a donkey. <laughs> Sharkonkey! <laughs> Nicknamed Sharkass.
0: <laughs> wait, sure. or or could it just be a dork? No? <laughs> Dark. 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 <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Anyway, if you want to find those suggestions on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud, you can find us at the Buzzkill Podcast.
2: You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. You can find us in all major streaming services for podcasts. Which, if you're listening to this, you've already found us. So tell a friend. Lucky you. Tell your mother.
0: <laughs> say, <laughs> hi to, <laughs> say hi to say your mother for me.
2: Tell oh. you, tell your second cousin. That's your homework. Tell your second cousin
0: about. Also, us. I believe we're on Tinder.
2: Um. We are on Tinder. Swipe right for a really, really lackluster time.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's (laughs) the most most unimpressive two hours of your life. (laughs) If you want to find J-Rod, don't. (laughs)
1: Just kidding. You can find
0: me on all social media
1: at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Yeah, baby.
2: I'm going to go onto our Tinder, and I'll actually switch it to where it says when people see us, swipe right right, right for the most (laughs) lackluster two hours of your night.
0: (laughs) I love it. Fantastic. All right, boys. Well, uh, until next week. Sir. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Try to have a good night.